Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? <laughs> Thursday night, it's Totally Driven Radio. It could be Totally Tired Radio tonight. Uh, my name is Bay Ragney, and I am totally yet totally tired. But I'm here, and I'm ready to do a show. And uh, it's going to be a special show tonight, and uh, I couldn't do this show alone. Um, two special people who are here with me every week, but it's going to be a special night as well for them. Uh, you know, we all lost uh, a, a brother, uh, you know, somebody... Um, where I wouldn't know the, these guys from, you know, if it wasn't for pro, well, that's not true with Nick, but Janetti, absolutely. Um, if it wasn't for the world of pro wrestling. So, um, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be, uh, let me, let me introduce my co-host first. I'm, I'm all fucked up tonight. <laughs> so, um, they're both here down South, out West. They both love Wawa. They both would love the boom, boom room if we're both in it. And, uh, they both love wrestling. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Nick Wilkinson and Mr. Jimmy Janetti. What's going on, guys? What's up? Hey. Hey. Hey, you guys. Sad. Hey, you guys. Yeah, it's a sad day, man. That's honestly, it's, it's really sad. Yeah, uh, uh, let me let me throw this. Down. I'm gonna. At some point later in the show, I have an interview uh, with um, John Connolly. I mean, this is completely like a secondary thing now. Uh, with uh, John Connolly of Seven Dust and uh, Projected, which I'll be playing later on at some point this evening. Um, but the main focus of tonight um, is going to be we lost a brother. And uh, it was very uh, sudden. And uh, the, the news spread last night. And um, was, his name is Aaron Ganey. Um, he was known... Back in the day, as uh, at one point, all good Aaron Hood. Um, I, I, what was his name? As uh, he was one half of the Nigerian Nightmares. What was his name as a, a Nigerian Nightmare? Do either of you guys know? I, I think it was like My Fu, M A I F U, My Fu. My Fu. Like yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the, the the news spread last night that uh, Aaron passed away, and um. 
you know, he he be I guess it was about a year and a half ago. He got really uh, sick. Was in the hospital for months and uh, rehabilitation center, and um, he almost didn't make it out of the hospital. And um, he reached out to me a few times, and we talked, and it was you know about health and losing weight and um, how he was all, all you know trying to turn his life around and get healthy and and stuff like that and. Now I'm not exactly sure the details of exactly what happened. Um, actually, I talked to um, his old tag partner, uh, Doctor uh, Eddie, Eagles, Big Daddy, earlier, and he's going to call in. Oh, Big Daddy! And he's going to give us the details. Um, but it just it's it, it's it's just such a freaking shame when you know it, this isn't like you know you see uh, you know a celebrity passing away or something. This is somebody. We all knew and love and shared many, many times with, uh, you know, in a, either in a ring or in a locker room or whatever. So when you lose somebody like that, I mean, it's truly losing uh, a dear friend, a good friend, uh, and a brother from the world of pro wrestling. And it's 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 sad, man. It's really it's a sad time. I think the thing that just sort of hits me the most is that. And I don't think I'm going to offend anybody when I say this, but because you guys know you've been there, like, there's a lot of scumbags in the world of professional wrestling. Like, that that's not a secret, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and in this case, like, Aaron was a legitimate dude as far as I'm concerned. I, you know, I got to know him really well outside of the wrestling world. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I think he was one of the last few good guys. You know what I mean? Like, he always had something nice to say. He always had positive encouragement. He always had, uh, you know, a smile. It, it was just, just, he was a very genuine dude. And I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm devastated by it. I'm genuinely sad and it sucks. Yeah, you know, uh, I I was trying to like the the one memory that instantly like popped in my head of, of Aaron was um back when we uh you know we're we're doing the LAW shows um we we were doing it out in the Delaware County area we were running out of a, a small firehouse in Glen Olden and you know I, I wanted to go into Philly and promote shows I, it was one of the things I wanted to do you know with the whole big ECW thing in, in South Philly and I, I didn't have the, the finances to, to run out of the arena so I wanted to run somewhere in South Philly and I found this building a block off South Street that was uh, thanks to our old friend Joey F. the Badger. He turned me on to his little rec center um, which was a great little rec center to run. Tra- uh, the parking was horrendous as you know it is down South Street but <laughs> We we felt like all right, this is going to be great, and it was a great building to run. But leading up to the, you know, I think we ran two or three shows there. Um, you know, the big part of promoting that show, since you're a block off South Street, would be all right. Well, let's go to South Street. So sure. you know, I would put the call out to the guys, like all right, who's uh, who's around? We're going to go down this night and this night, and uh, you know, we're just going to stand on the fucking corner of Fourth uh, and South, and we're going to. Hand out flyers And literally that's what we did It was me, Aaron, and James And them guys were there every time Without fail And uh, they were We were just stood on the corner outside gyms 
with flyers, handing out flyers to everybody that walked by. And of course, we went to eat afterwards. But we just had a, a, a you know a blast. That's where that's the time where you have like the bonding moments where you get to like just hang out and bullshit. There's no stress of a show. There's no stress of being in a locker room and going over a match and getting ready or is there going to be a crowd or this or that where you're just hanging out and having good conversation and fun conversation and laughing. And that was one of the funnest moments, you know, definitely. Uh, I remember with Aaron because I just remember him being there and I remember him saying, anything you need, I'm there for you. I, I believe in you and I will help you with whatever you need. And I'll never forget that, man. And, and, and Nick, you've said it a million times, the dude was just a good, genuine dude. Absolutely, man. Just, uh, and it's funny that you say that because, you know, we, we know each other through a mutual friend and, and stuff and through wrestling and stuff. And he, he always was willing to go the extra mile. You know what I mean? Like he just wanted to be part of something that was was going to be epic. You know what I mean? Like he just he wasn't afraid to put in the hard work, and he just he was a team player. You know what I mean? Like you don't there aren't too many team players out there anymore. And yeah, man, I, I just I got to know the dude. A little bit better. I I was working at a uh, alternative school in Norristown, and uh, he asked me if I could get him a job there. So I got him a job there, and we ended up working together in the same school. And we were like, you know, the hit squad. You know what I mean? Like they kept us in a back room, and like when things started popping off, they got on the walkie-talkies, and me and Aaron would come running. And but a, a huge majority of our day was spent just sitting in this room and. Not just talking to each other, but we'd have, like, a bad kid in there who had been misbehaving, and we'd be talking to him about, you know, life and his choices and, and shit like that. And Aaron was always real, though. You know what I mean? Like, he never talked down to the kids. He never intimidated them. He never just – it was never none of the typical grown-up bullshit. Like, he knew that they were real people, and he just had a normal way of talking to them that really – it really connected, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what I'll always remember. Like the times that we spent in Norristown, I mean, homeboy took me, he, I got my first shape up with Aaron. I went to my first crown fried chicken with Aaron. You know what I mean? He talked me through my first threesome. <laughs> like he just, he Come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> you know, right there, game over. Like you, you can't say another word. What more can you say? Absolutely. That's a friend. When a friend's going to talk <laughs> you through your threesome, your first threesome, <laughs> <laughs> game over. You can't say no more. No, you can't. You know what I mean? Like a good dude is just a good dude, and the world is just a fucking little bit worse of a place today. Like that sucks. You know, it, it's funny that you said fried chicken because uh, the, the Crown's fried chicken, because I remember that's all them guys. Like, I think Crown's might have been just hitting or breaking at that time back in, in, in LEW, because that's all them guys would talk about. They would just rant and rave about <laughs> Crown's fried chicken. <laughs> oh, man. It was like right on the next corner from the school, so we'd go all the time. That's funny. 
Well, let's uh, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna start opening up the phone lines now, and uh, let's welcome to the show. Uh, I wanted to get him on first, and he's on waiting. Uh, Big Daddy, Doctor Ruthless himself, uh, James. Welcome to the show, my brother. Hey, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Good man. How you holding up? I'm I'm devastated and I'm hurt. And um, it's just been, it's like, I can't believe that this actually happened. And uh, the weird part about it was I was, um, yesterday I was driving, and um, no big deal, I was with my friend, um, uh, also a friend to my show, uh, Felicia, we were together. And um, I was saying how I hadn't talked to Aaron in a while. And I was like, oh, he must have fell off the face of the earth. Like, I hadn't heard from him in a minute. Wonder what he's up to. And as soon as I dropped her off, I got my phone out of my pocket and looked, and my phone was all blown up. So I played a message, and it was from Legrand saying that Aaron died an hour ago. So I had to pull the van over. I'm like, no, this this can't be true. So I called Legrand back, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, if this is a joke or somebody's trying to prank me, this is a real sick joke. It's not funny. And he's like, nah, it's true. So after that, I called um, Aaron's um, caretaker uh, slash girlfriend, Miki. And I called her up, and she said, and she gave me the story. What happened was that he was on this drug called Pregnizone, which is a steroid. I'm on and, that. Um, yeah. But then you're the on doctor, that, right? I actually, I just finished my round of it uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Okay. And the doctor wanted to weed him off of it. So she, she said he'd been on it too long. So she said, you know, you're on 40 milligrams now. We want to drop it to 30, then 20, then 10, and then off of it all together. Aaron decided he wanted to come off it all together, and he um, he went cold turkey. So then she said that he had been not looking himself for like a couple of days. And um, she heard him fall in the bedroom, and she rushed to the bedroom to see what happened. He was down on his knees and he couldn't get up. He had no strength in his arms to get himself up. So um, she helped him up the best she could. And she called 911. They came out and got him and they rushed him to the hospital. So she's in the emergency room waiting to see if she can go back to see him. And nobody came out for a while. So she goes to the front desk and asked what was going on. And, she, and the person at the front desk said, somebody's going to come out and talk to you in a minute. Doctor came out, pulled her to the side, and said um, his kidneys had completely shut down. And then when they gave him something to get his kidneys working again, his heart stopped. And when his heart stopped, they couldn't restart it. And that's what happened. Yeah. So it was just rough. It was rough. And then... You know, me being oblivious, and I'm I'm bad with my cell phone because if I'm driving, I'm not looking at my phone. Or if I'm out and about, I'm really not checking my phone like that. So people have been trying to call me for a while, and I didn't even look at Facebook or nothing like that. So when I got to the house, I'm walking up my block, and I'm like, man, like, what the hell did I just hear? Then I'm walking, you know, up my stairs, and there's my wife sitting there, and I looked at her, and she was like, I already know. It's like it's all over Facebook. I'm like, well, damn. So I just really wanted to be alone for a second, and then I I broke down because Aaron was such an influence on me 
we started day one in the wrestling business. When I say day one, him and I went to the Monster Factory together because we used to work at Merck, Sharp and Doe together, and we talked right. about wrestling all the time. And he came to me and said, how would you feel, you know, we go to wrestling school and try to wrestle? So at first I blew him off, like, ah, right, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and um, he's like, no, I'm serious. Larry Sharp wants to see us. So we met at the Monster Factory when it was on Whitehorse Pike in, uh, uh, in Jersey. So we met there, and, you know, we took our first bumps together, whatever. And Larry, you know, you guys aren't the greatest athletes, but I can work with you as long as you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, $3,500 later, we were wrestling. But just, um, it was, it was just, I've had so many fond memories of him. Like, and I always respected the type of wrestler he was. He was a great wrestler to be that size. There's not too many guys that's 400 pounds. They can climb up to the top rope and do a spin heel kick. It's not too many guys that can do that. And he was just a, a funny guy. I got so many funny stories. I'm not even gonna go through all of them. It just it was, it was just he was a brother. And um, even after I got out of the business for a while, because you know I went and played semi pro football, I started doing the brushy beefcake thing, and then I decided to come back to wrestling. He helped me out again. He was like, like, look, you coming back? Don't do the tag team thing. Just do singles because you could do better on your own. And I'm gonna hook you up with this person and that person. And then he really did. Like he was always willing to help out the next person. He was just generally a good guy. And it's just I'm sorry to see him going. And even you know down to his kids and his young son. You know he had a ten year old son, and I just feel bad because this boy's not gonna have his father in his life. And it's just it's a sad thing. But you know God doesn't make mistakes. And you know I'm a strong believer in that. So God wanted to call one of his good people home, and he did. Now, a very important question I, I need to know. Did Aaron talk you through your first threesome? <laughs> no, that was that would have been Ron Starr who talked me through my first threesome. So <laughs> yeah, Ron Starr talked me through my first threesome because I think well, that's a story for them top. But yeah, uh, yeah, it was the stuff. And that's that's the thing with with Aaron was he just he didn't he didn't really care like he, how talented you were. He didn't care if you were black or white. He just if you were a good dude or if you were just a good dude to him, he was he would be there for you. You know what I mean? Like I just. When Bay told me yesterday, it was like, in in my head, I was like, no, that's not possible because he's rebounded so many times. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still almost in denial about it because, I don't know, this one hurts. Like, fuck. You know, a word there that really just... uh, Hit with me was rebound. Like even with his wrestling career, I, I mean, early on, like like James said, you know, they got those guys were tag team and they were play players and they had a really good run throughout, you know, the the Philly Jersey area. And then, you know, J- James went and did all his things, and James was doing some singles, and and Aaron was teaming up with Ron here and there. 
but then you know there was a down point, and then he came back with the the Nigerian Nightmares gimmick, and he had a complete whole resurgence or, or oh. rebound with his career. Yeah, like his career over his career took over better than ever. When he came up to Nigerian Nightmares, his career shot to the moon. Like they were getting booked all over the place. And this just was not in this area. They was in North Carolina. They was in um, Michigan. They were all over the place. Florida, they were wrestling constantly. And it was because he came up with this idea and took it and ran with it. And I was just so proud of him because I'm like, you ain't too many guys that, you know, well, that, that knows that, okay, this is not working, so I got to rebrand myself and come back out again. And that's what he did. And he did it successfully. Yeah. Very successfully. And he was shocked by it. I remember, like, you know, at that point, I was I was way out of the the scene and all. I was I was stopped at a show somewhere. I forget what show it was, um, and uh, had seen a uh, you know seen him was talking to him backstage, and um, he was telling me about you know how he came up with the gimmick and you know he put it all together, and he was uh, you know honest to God, legitimately shocked by the success they were getting from. He really could not believe. How much success they were having from it, and, and he said they were, you know, like in talks with, you know, company like bigger companies and stuff like that. And he was really, uh, you know, genuinely surprised and excited by it. Yeah, I know he made a trip down to TNA one time uh, to try to get in there, and it didn't quite work out. But he did; they were getting looked. So it was, you know, it was almost just his health couldn't keep up after a while and he had to stop wrestling, you know, but if his health would have stayed up, you know, you never know what would have happened. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I guess how, that was the, like the the big thing I remember seeing like a year, year and a half ago was, you know, he had the big health scare and he was in the hospital and, uh, you know, he was in there for a long time. Uh, so, you you don't know what like what the status was of him for like the last few months or the last few months from what I understood that he was doing better and he actually started getting back in the ring again. He was really? working for um Triple W A and he was getting back in the ring. He couldn't do too much, but he was doing enough to where he was actually doing something that he loved to do. Yeah. And I thought that he was all better again. And then I heard, you know, different times when he had to go back in the hospital, in and out. So I didn't know that he had got that bad again. But I did know that he was working for Triple WA again. And wow. I was kind of scared because I was like, I hope his health is, you know, is okay. Because, you know, wrestling is a big demand on your body. And I just hope that, you know, I was saying to myself, like, I just hope he's all right. But I heard he was doing, you know, he, he wasn't who he used to be, but he still was, you know, getting it in. Takes balls, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd be but his wrestling was definitely his passion. Yeah, definitely his passion. Absolutely. Let's, uh, you know, I got another call here. Let me see. I, I think I know who this is. Let's welcome uh, Erico three hundred two. You're on the phone. Who's this? Hello. Yo, who's this? Hello. This is John Peronic. Hey, John. So I thought it was you. How you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, the man known as the Rough Rider, guys. Yep. Oh, what's up, Rough Rider? Having Doctor. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Hanging in there, buddy. 
Just just in shock, man. Can't believe he's gone. Yeah, it's uh, that's all. It's all you can really say is it. I think it's more. It's still like a a shock to get over to even get to that sadness. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Aaron was the in my second battle royal. Uh, Aaron was the first guy to hit me with a ladder. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went over in the battle royal, went up to the far corner, playing the crowd, ruthless, hood, and uh, Charles came in, and they just beat the hell out of me. <laughs> and then once I got tossed out of the ring, Aaron decides to come out, reach under the ring, and pull out a, a folding ladder. As I was on all fours, he slams it down on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were uh, green back then, so if you were green, we was gonna give it to you. Yeah, well, he thought I he thought I was a vet because I was thirty five when I started in the business. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. It, 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 I wrestling, it, it, the way you'll remember a person in the business. Like <laughs> that is going to be your, your first memory of Aaron. Always. He's the guy that hit me with a ladder first. Yep. <laughs> I remember Aaron gave rough rider his first superplex too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Up in Glen Olden. Yes, he did. Yeah. I remember that. Cause we were laughing about it. We were watching the video about it and he was saying, <laughs> he was setting you up for it. And, and you were like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. And Aaron was like, nah, screw that, we're here now. <laughs> well, I told him, I, I said, I told him, I said, stay on the second turnbuckle. I've taken it from here before. He goes, nope, I'm coming up with you. I'm like, no, no, don't. And he just, he grabbed me, got up there, and shoot, we went. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there was, there was over 600 pounds hitting that ring. It was about like 630 pounds hitting that ring. And what we did. <laughs> Everybody said all they saw was space between the boards and the ring. <laughs> oh. Now, how, how about you, John? Did he talk you through your first threesome? No, no. I had one of them long before I started wrestling. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Nick, I can't get over that. That's freaking hysterical. No, yeah. it's funny. It's funny because at the end of it, it was like I'm talking to him on the phone afterwards, and then I'm telling him what happened. He's like, "Yo, dude, that's not a threesome. That's a switch up." <laughs> uh, so I'm not real sure if it counted as one, but <laughs> I mean, he he was definitely always there to give advice, even when it was uncomfortable. <laughs> even when it was uncomfortable. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. Now, hey, James. I mean, you you guys tagged for a while. Did you ever work against Darren? It never happened. Now, we oh wow, a couple times. And um, the first time we teased it was at the Monster Factory when they were running their shows, and it never came to pass. And the second time was we were working for LAW, and um. He he had left the company for a while to go right. uh, wrestle for some garbage. I'm not even going to mention that name. But he went <laughs> over there, and then he had talked to me um, 
you know, about a couple months after he started wrestling, and like he really wanted to leave it, he wanted to come back to LAW. So I was like, you need to talk to Bay. Like, and, you know, if you talk to Bay and Bay lets you come back, you know, we can work something out. I have no problem with it, but you got to go to Bay first. So he called you, and y'all talked it out or whatever, and he came back. And uh, me and um, Ron Starr were doing a dog collar match, and Aaron came in and gave me a spine buster, which I didn't know he would be able to get me up. <laughs> but he got me up and gave me a spine buster, and we were teasing the, uh, you know, a few between me and him right afterwards. But shortly after that, LAW started rest. I stopped, um, you know, operations. So we never had a chance to really get into it. But yeah, it was he. He laid, he lowered the boom on me twice, but I never had a chance to get him back. Wow. I remember all that stuff now. You remember it now? Yeah, remember, yeah. Remember uh, the same time uh, Ron Stark Lucky Larry. Yeah. Look at that. We had we had some good freaking angles, man. Yep. Yep. And nobody knew Aaron was in the building. He showed up and came in and counted to three, and we thought the match was over, and I stood up, and Aaron clotheslined me, picked me up, and gave me a spine buster. I was scared out of my pants. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it. He was like, all right, come on, <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's over now. I'm like, I don't think he got me up. I was like, I don't know what your old lady's doing for you, but you need to go home and get taken care of. You a tad too strong. Hey, man, if he was coaching on threesomes, then uh, he, he had it all going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You said that, but how could he coach a threesome? I don't even think he even had a threesome. He ain't never <laughs> tell me about no threesome. <laughs> oh, man. Man, he told me that he was like, having threesomes and didn't tell me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> man, oh, man. It's, it's just... Crazy! It, it's freaking crazy. Like, I mean, all them years. Uh, I mean, it, I, actually, I was with the the Bill from Ontario Street Comics today. <laughs> he actually bought a car for me. But I mean, we were talking about you know back them shows and all. I mean, that, that was like over fifteen years ago. It was a long freaking time ago. It's been that long. It's been that long. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Two thousand and two. That's when we closed up. Yeah, fifteen freaking years ago. We're all getting old. Yeah. Sadly, we are. Sadly, we are. Yeah. No, um, I'll tell you what, man, I, like all you guys, like uh, you know, John, James, uh, Nanny, Nick, I, I wish I knew Nick, you know, back at that time, but, you know, you guys got such a bond with from, from the days of wrestling. I mean, it's a bond that can never, it will never change or be broken, man. I can never be more thankful for people like you guys who, you know, 15 years later, wrestling aside, we're still friends. We we didn't need to wrestle to keep the friendships. Yeah. And he was a good friend. And even um, right after me and my first wife split up, you know, Aaron was, you know, a good friend to me. Like, he right. he called me, you know, we talked, and, you know, he I would come over his house and fill out or whatever. And he was just a good dude. He was just a really good guy. Like he really helped me through a bad situation in my life. Right. And I appreciate it. I'll never forget it. Man, and there, I, so many people have stories like that. You know, we have a mutual friend whose name we don't bring up on this show, 
Um, but that dude, I mean, he wasn't like the best friend, but I'm being honest, like, but every time he would call, every time he would get back in touch with Aaron, Aaron would stop what he's doing and he would try and make it work. So, like he, he tried so many times. He just wanted, you know what I mean? Like he just wanted good for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you I guys just, know, his, um, memorial service is next Saturday. Yeah, it's, and uh, where is that? It's um, next Saturday in Roxboro. Um, I don't know the exact uh, address, but I know it's from 11 to... Okay. Uh, I want to say 6730 Ridge. I know it's on Ridge Avenue. I know that, and it's in Roxborough. It's the Salvation Army. That's it? Yeah, it was a, a Salvation Army, they said. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I, I I was wondering, like, did anybody ever wrestle there, possibly? That's the first thing that went in my head. I, I, was like, I remember. I wonder if, I, for some reason, like, that, like, stuck in my head. Like, I, I was like, I think that building was used for wrestling at one time. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, but which one was it? Which one is it? Roxborough Salvation Army. The Roxborough Salvation Army. Not that I remember. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. This one had. And um, I did talk to Aaron's mother today. And uh, I'm doing Aaron's eulogy at the uh, memorial service. Oh, nice. Nice. So, well, good. So, at least you won't that out to bring up talking to you out of the threesome. <laughs> and I won't be talking about no threesomes that day. No, don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, you sure? His mother, his mother sounded <laughs> like she was really, um, you know, kind of upbeat about it. And um, she had said that she was starting to get tired. As far as um, the pain and stuff was getting to him, and he was getting tired. So now, you know, he's not in pain anymore. And, and that is something that we have to think about. I mean, they, you know, you have sarcoidosis, and, and I've been suffering with diabetes for a while here. And it does take its toll, you know, it, it, to to go through everything that he went through and then to rebound and to come back. And then, like James was saying, he was even coming back again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the heart that it takes to push through all of that pain and, and the tiredness and the feeling like shit every day, like, it, it really is a testament to how strong he was. Yeah. And actually, there is also a uh, a GoFundMe um, that his yeah. daughter put together. And all you gotta do is just go to the GoFundMe page and just do search uh, Aaron Ganey, and it comes up. And uh, they're about almost a fifth of the way there of the goal. So um, please, if you can, you know, everybody out there, doesn't matter how much, just a, every little bit helps. It'll add up to uh, to help, uh, you know. Pretty's final uh, costs. Shame, freaking shame. Yeah, it's 
it's that man. And I've had my fair share of, you know, people passing, but that one really rocked me. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. You know, thanks for having me on. All right, James. um, I'm going to talk about it on my show Monday. Okay. So I'm going to get because I want to tell some stories and have some, you know, people call in or whatever. Right. So, you know, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, we know how close you were and, and, you know, sorry for your loss as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's, you know, I I feel bad for his kids. You know, that's what I main, mainly feel bad about because he really was into his family and his kids, and now, you know, they got to, you know, grow up with no no father. So it's hard. It's one thing you lose a parent and you're an adult. It's another thing you lose a parent and you're a child. And that's the last picture I honestly remember scene of Aaron was of him and his children on Instagram. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was around all his kids. Yep. I remember seeing that picture go up. And he was just smiling. And I, just, I remember thinking to myself, man, he just looks so happy. Yeah. Shame. All right, gentlemen. God bless you. All right, James. All right, take care. All right, bye. Bye. Shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't even know what to say. I really don't. It's just... No, and some of these guys were like lifelong friends with the dude. You know what I mean? Like that. I, I feel so bad, like he said, for the kids, but also for his friends. Like I know he had some guys in Norristown that he was really tight with for a yeah. long time, and and he just. I, I mean, my heart goes out to all of them because I know what they're missing. You know what I mean? Like. Shame. Every once in a while, he'd just throw up a picture of, like, a, his face would randomly pop up somewhere it wasn't supposed to pop up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just, uh... Oh, man. And, they, I mean, this is something that we've talked about before and something that, you know, keeps us up at night is, we also have young kids, that, and, and, you know, with our age and our health and our weight and all that, like, we we deal with this every day, being afraid that, you know, one of these days we're not going to be around. Yeah, that, that's been, like, even before I became a father, that was, like, my number one biggest fear in life is, you know, dying young and um, leaving my children alone. I mean, it happened to me, and I just... I still to this day just never have been normal or right from it. And I, I just can't imagine um, doing it to my own children. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. just scares me to death. And, and the thing that's so scary about it is that at the end of the day, you know, we have no control over it. It's, it happens when it happens. You know what I mean? Like, and this one really happened. I mean, it feels like it was out of nowhere. You know what I mean, like. Dude, that's fucked up. Hearing that that fucking prednisone, these fucking pills, these drugs, it just fucking makes me so fucking yeah. angry. I was thinking, you know, because I have diabetes and and I've had to deal with prednisone issues before, like 
but when you're on prednisone, especially for long term, your blood sugar gets really high, and that really starts <laughs> to fuck up your kidneys and, and your liver and stuff like that. But if you come off of it too fast, your blood sugar is going to crash, and you can end up in a coma. You can end up, you know, stroking out, stuff like that. And, I mean, it is bad shit. And, and, you know, I'm not one of those guys that don't take medicine. I believe in doctors. I believe that they're educated and went to school for what, you know what I mean? But you have to look at the long-term effects of what you're on, you know what I mean? And sadly, for some things, you don't have a choice, you know what I mean? Like, prednisone is a steroid that's prescribed, you know, universally. So it's not like you can, you know, just decide not to take it if you really need it. And that's what sucks, man. It's it's this whole fucking thing of, of diabetes and being overweight and all the bullshit that comes with it, too. Like I said before, man, I would never wish that, or even on my worst enemy. Yeah, it's you know, and like with the with the the fucking prednisone and all, all these drugs. Like, I just went to my doctor two weeks ago, and you know, he put me back on it and all. And I was like, because I'm in these different fucking groups for this sarcoidosis shit, and there's all these different drugs that all these different people are on. And I, you know, I read about this shit every day. And um, first off, it's just very sad and depressing hearing like what these fucking people are going through, but. You know, I talked to my doctor about other drugs people are going on or they're using, and and he's like, yeah, he goes, they're not FDA approved. He's like, so you have a choice. <clears throat> you can go on this drug that, you know, might help you for the actual, you know, sarcoidosis symptoms, but right, it's going to get worse in all these other ends. He's like, so which choice do you want to make here? And it's fucked up. It really is. I mean, and so many of the medications you're on weren't established to be what you're taking them for. You know what I mean? Like, I take an antidepressant medication that was originally coming like, right, and, right. And it's just the long-term effects, you just never there, – there's a whole mess of them out there that if you read the fine print, taking them long enough will cause end-stage renal disease. You will, your kidneys will shut down eventually. And what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, you, uh, we just said that, you know, the prednisone is one of the most commonly prescribed steroids in the world. <laughs> well, you ever see these commercials on TV for these medicines? They tell yeah, you about yeah. all the side effects. Right. The, the side like, effects are why, list. why would I want that? Why would I want to take that? Because it could kill me. You know, I, I personally love when they say, if you're allergic to prednisone, don't take prednisone. Yeah, there is no scratch for that one. <laughs> there was a, a commercial I heard actually on the radio the other day, and they, the their their sell or their their slogan was literally the choice is yours, where <laughs> it was just that where you can take this and, and and heal this or the choice is yours 
and you can have all the side effects to deal with. And and they said it like multiple times in the fucking commercial was the choice is yours. I'm like, really? That is the selling slogan. The choice is yours. Which do you want to suffer from more? The initial ailment or the 50 side effects that you're going to end up getting? Right. Well, and that's something that I'm going through right now, dude. Like, um, I have what they call peripheral neuropathy in my legs, which means that um, the nerve endings are being destroyed because of my blood sugar. And it causes intense pain in your legs. And uh, the neurotin is one of the, I mean, it, it's the medication. It's the one that's supposed to work. But when you take it, they tell you, like, two, three years in, you're going to start to have serious kidney problems. So I just haven't taken it. Like, you, you just have to decide, all right, I'm going to live with this pain because I'd rather keep my kidney. You know what I mean? And, and so many people out there are making that same decision. I would be shocked to find out that Aaron hadn't made a decision like that when it came to at least one other drug the way it is now. It just sucks. Fucked up. It really is. I don't know. So, I, I guess that's all that's calling in so far. I'm surprised though Wayne hasn't called in. Yeah, he's one that knows really. Like he was one of the guys I was thinking of when Nick said uh, the Norristown guys that. He's got to be really t- taking it rough. I mean, they them guys are really. I mean, they were like family. Yeah, yeah, because cause that's that's where I found out found it out from on Facebook from Wayne, and I asked him what the hell happened, and he said he was going to IM me, and he did later on and told me, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah I thought maybe Ron was calling too, but. The, uh, that's a, that's where I originally saw it, and uh, man, I yeah, I don't even know what to say anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it really, really. I mean, to just be juvenile about it, like it just it sucks so bad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Well, hopefully uh, there's no more for a long time. Hopefully we're all here for uh, a long time. And sad. And, and I, I, you know, at the services next week, I hate that it comes down to, and, and whether it's, uh, you know, people in wrestling or family or whatever, you know, it happens all the time where right. that's what it comes down to where you end up seeing these people and it becomes like a little reunion and, and, you know, everybody will say, hey, you know, let's get together. Let's not wait for the next one like this. And it it sucks that, I mean, the intentions are always there, but everybody's got lives and shit like that. And it just ends up usually nine out of ten times never happening. Very rare that it does. And, you know, it makes me now like yeah, one of another one of them reunions like we did, John, like when we got everybody together. Up right, in right. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, we we ended up doing it two weekends because 
we couldn't get everybody all at the same time, so we split it yeah. up. Yeah. We 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 did Hooters uh we did Hooters uh, in Concordville by my house and we did Hooters up in northeast Philly. We covered both bases. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a we had half decent turnouts at both. I mean the Philly one was, was cool. a lot bigger, but it they were good times at both, man. We had a lot, we had fun. Janetti was at the one. Janetti and Rich came to the one in, in, in Philly. Yep. Right. We even ran into New Jack. Yeah, even New Jack showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Craziness. So I want right, to tell you guys then, man. I'm gonna have to log on to uh Smart Mark and see if there's any LAW videos up there. <laughs> there used to be. I I I I don't know if they still have you know if they transferred them over to D V D or what what, but they they used to do our, our shows, and then we uh, hooked up with Feinstein, and Feinstein started doing them. Feinstein did, like, the last half dozen or so. Oh, yeah, there's a, quite a few up there still, so, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to check that out. That's funny. Now, can you watch them, like, on demand or what, something? Or You know what? That, I'm, I, that's what I'm going to look into, because I'd hate to have to buy a VCR. <laughs> but, you know, Shows still. They had like a, a, such a amazing service. Like I'm sure it's probably even better now. But I mean, that was what 15 years ago, before like really all the digital stuff and all. But um, yeah, you know, we would do a show on Saturday night, and I would have sometime that Monday in my mailbox a finished edited video. It was like that quick a turnaround. Like, oh wow! So did they do the video production themselves and then go back and edit it? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's that's. I mean, that's a all inclusive service. You know how much you would pay for that? You know what I mean today? Dude, it was back then. I, I would love to know what they're charging now. Back then, it was a hundred bucks. It was yeah, the best hundred bucks I've ever seen. I'm looking at this LAW show, and match number one is Reckless Youth versus Maverick. Is yeah. that the same Maverick? It's the same Maverick, absolutely. I hate that motherfucker now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to Mav yesterday. He was just in the hospital uh, two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. He fucking uh, had, like, pains in his stomach and all. Ended up having to have emergency surgery, have his gallbladder removed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he, he actually, he Damn. just uh, was talking to him yesterday. Um, 
I, I was like scared to reach out and like I, I don't want to bother him. So I know he's like recovering and shit. And and uh, with the magazine coming up, you know, he he was going to do an article for the magazine. I didn't want. I was like, all right, well, I'm just I'll just let it go. And he actually reached out to me a couple of days ago, and and uh, we were talking. And I said, by the way, I said uh, I'm about to wrap up the magazine. I'm like hoping to have it all done for Friday. Uh, did you have an article? He's like, actually, yes. I was like, well, actually, send it over. <laughs> oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and actually, he's talking about bringing his uh, his show back, too, which I'm pretty excited about. But actually, it, it's not going to be just comic books. It's going to be <laughs> it's breaking his balls. It's going to be like, it's, it's going to be the Mav show, where it's going to be like Mav's world, where, it, yes, it's going to be comic books, but it's going to be everything else that he's involved with, like wrestling and, you know, it, he he's like he's a dance dad instead of a dance mom. Like his two daughters right. are so wrapped up in dance, and he's the dance <laughs> mom. And he's you know every weekend he's with them with the shows and stuff, and all week at the you know practice and training rehearsals or whatever. He he's the one there doing it all with them. So uh, he's going to like incorporate all this stuff. Uh, sounds cool. I said you know. It's there. Let me know. I mean, you know, we're, we're always welcome to have you. Oh man, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Mavs comic roundup. Good old Mav. Yeah. Well, it's all right. Like, <laughs> I'm friends with all you guys through other shit. Like, like, none of it has anything to do with wrestling. Uh, dude, believe me, I'm very okay with that. Like, I, you know, I have no complaints. <laughs> no, because I got caught up with a bunch of assholes and you were doing cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you know, it's like when James was talking about that, the angle and all with, with, with him, and I remember... um and that's like like when I was talking about when we were on the corner with the flyers. That's when he was coming back, and he, I, you know, it all came back in my head. Now he was like, "Dude, I, you know, anything you need, I'm here." And uh, he went and saw. He went and hooked up with the what's his name. He started working on what's his name after you know that whole thing. And um, yeah, and back that was back then, yeah. like, uh, you know, he he was like blackballed to me. That was that like, I felt betrayed. So it was like, right. fuck you. You know what I mean? I get like that. I, you know, if I feel somebody like, I mean, I just fucking block people out and you're done. <laughs> As some and people and do. I think, I think that's how we never crossed paths because the, the only two dudes that I knew that were running shows, because I didn't really have any inside out. There was no internet back then. You know what I mean? Like, the only two dudes that I happened to run across were kind of like, they were kind of blackballed themselves in Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Like, at the time, of course, I didn't know it. And, you know, both of them can talk a really good game. You know what I mean? Like, so that's probably why we never actually crossed paths. Although Frank will tell you that he hit me in the back of the head one time. In a battle royal, but it's not true. I would never let Frank hit me. <laughs> I, I who? Oh, I forgot. That's we're, we're talking. Speaking of blackball, 
I'll strike that from the record. <laughs> I, I, I keep hearing in in promos of uh, of Chris Jericho. He's on the list, so. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, we can say that he's on the list. Oh man! Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna get a T-shirt done, like M- Magnificent Morocco did for uh, Metal Maniac. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did not train. Da, 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 da. So there you go. There's no truth to that one. Yeah, there was. I remember for the longest time you were. Contemplating doing that That would have been hysterical <laughs> Craziness So alright well let's uh, It's actually almost 9 o'clock So let's, uh, let's take commercial break And we'll come back on the flip side And figure out what we're doing Sounds good Sounds good I keep having all these like freaking notification things pop up all of a sudden. Facebook is so retarded. Like they just change your, your <laughs> settings without telling you. And now I'm like getting all these notifications popping up, like it's blocking my fucking screen. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> Attention business owners, website owners, events promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right, you can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap, it's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop, forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your ghoul friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? 
Do you even know they still print real paper non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. Hi, this is Ernest Thomas, uh, Mr. Omar, everybody's Chris, Rod to What's Happening, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Oh, oh, too funny. So, coming up, actually, this is our last, um, this is going to be our last show for the summer, our last live show. Um, And when we come back, uh, September 7th is our 250th show. So I've started reaching out. I really got to turn it up and really start reaching out to more people. But he was the first one I sent an email to, and I haven't heard back from. So I have his phone number. I'm really, I used to text with him a lot. I'm going to have to shoot him a text. and I, I so want him on the 250th show. Yo, you want to hear something crazy, dude? Uh, Christina Ochoa, who we had on the show, she has three shows on TV right now. You know, she, actually, I, she's another one. Like, I I was going to try to reach out to her somehow and um, uh, surprise you. Because you know, I, I the, the few times, like, I've tweeted to her, you know, she's remembered us. So Right. Dude, she's got a show on Sci-Fi. She's got a show on TNT. And she's got a show coming up on the CW. And she's still, um, she keeps putting up, I mean, are they still filming that blood drive? <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> no, I think it's coming up on the last episodes, but yeah, she's still putting up a lot of promo stuff for that. Right. I doubt she's going to be in a second season of that because uh, I bet, I'm sure the CW show is going to lead to a lot of other shows. You know what I mean? Like, even if that show fails, it's going to expose her to... The rest of the world, basically. Should be on The Flash. <clears throat> That's what she needs. She needs to be on a superhero show. Oh, we need to her right now. Boom. Fingers crossed. See if she it's answers. crazy, man. She has, like, one show on the L. Ray Network where she was, like, a supporting character, and she's just blown up. And that was, like, when did we have her on, man? That was, like, three years ago. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. Yep. That's what I like. I need to go through this list right here of our bumpers. Like, <laughs> hello, this is CrispinGlover.com. And you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Thank you. 
I, I don't know how he got through that because he wasn't he wasn't on the same show as us. <laughs> like, like they would be like, so let's listen, let's talk about your recent movie, and he would just go off into like a weird story. Like, like he he was definitely on his own show. <laughs> He's going to be doing a, a a horror convention, some new horror event, the New Jersey Horror Con or something. He's going to be there, and oh, he's really? doing a, his movie screenings. That this Good is. <laughs> oh, 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 here we go, Nick. I, I forgot we even had this. This is Christina Ochoa, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. Yeah, she's so hot. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, I only watched the first episode, and she was like getting banged while driving. No, 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 no. Let me correct you, okay? She was getting banged in the ass while <laughs> driving. Okay? <laughs> okay, I, we need to be clear on that. I think Aaron was talking to dude through the whole thing. <laughs> That's funny, man. Oh, man. We need to get her in a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, like, you know, 10 to 1, she's going to be in, like, the, the next Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh, man. she got this show on the CW coming out where she plays, like, uh, like a Navy SEAL helicopter pilot or some shit like that. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn, like... Here we go. Here's here's one. I I haven't gone through these bumpers in a while. And here's one. And he passed away. I forgot all about it. This is Ivan Kolov, the Russian bear. You're listening to Total Driven Radio, the best in the country, in the world. Oh, I mean, you can't get a better endorsement than that. Really. <laughs> You could. This is Aru Sheik. Don't be Javroni. Listen to the uh, number one radio station, Tolo Tolo station, and we have a good day. <laughs> I mean, that was nowhere near what. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Let me see here. It's fun to go through these every so often. The scary part is I have so many more I've never uploaded into the system. Like, I got more that I haven't uploaded than are, than are actually in the system. Uh, hey, this is Jason Hervey, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. You know what, dude? I, I, I feel like that was a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like I wouldn't even bring him back. Like, Nick, Nick, I guess Missy Hyatt would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. I'm just saying. I mean, you, do you remember? Babe? Like he was, he was kind of a douche. It, it, <laughs> like, yeah, it was definitely like a, a chore for him to do it. Which, you know what, dude? Like, especially at that point, we were like. I mean, again, that was like three years ago. We were fucking nobodies, but we had, we had just just 
barreling through and not taking no for an answer and demand like hollering at his PR guy and demanding <laughs> him to the fucking show. So he was like completely badgered in the fucking calling in and, and, and doing the show. And he gave us like, you know, like he said, he would give us 10 minutes or wherever it was. And, and that was it. He said he'd give us 10 minutes. He clocked out at like eight minutes and 40. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's scary. Like I'm supposed to be taping an interview tomorrow afternoon and it's a person who's never done the show. And I, singer of one of my all-time favorite bands and i'm like i get the email today that you know two o'clock tomorrow you're all set you're confirmed i'm like fucking hey dude like telling the pr guy who i work with a lot thanks man like thank you so much i'm so fucking psyched and he answered me back he goes whatever you do do not say your internet radio because he will hang up on you (laughs) i'm like okay He's like he does not he 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 he's still very old school and looks down on internet radio. He he, so if he asks, you are terrestrial radio. I'm like I am fucking whatever he needs me to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even let if he starts going on a rant about it, you're gonna have to change the subject. I know, <laughs> I know, it's gonna be fun. It, it, it could it could be funny. You uh, just agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, here's another classic one that we used to play a lot. And actually, he's coming to town. I think he's in Philly this weekend, as a matter of fact. It's like a WMMR event. Hey, this is Jim Florentine from That Metal Show, and you're listening to Total... Wait, let me do it again. We're live, so... Hey, this is Jim Florentine from That Metal Show, and we're listening to Total... Totally Driven <laughs> that one up again. Hey, this is Jim Florentine from That Metal Show, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you can hear in the background just coaching him. <laughs> like, just totally driven. Come on. You notice how everyone slows down when they say the title? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because a lot of times, like, when I ask people to do it, like, when I'm taping interviews, they're like, well, wait a, wait a minute. And they, like, literally write it down. They're like, and they say, like, hold on, I got to write this down. And this way they can write it down and read it so they remember it. <laughs> Here's another classic one. Here you go, Nick. This is a Jackie Andy from American Horror Story. And you are listening, listening. To totally braving radio. <laughs> Yo, like that was that might have been the first time I ever asked you to get somebody on the show. Like, I couldn't believe I pulled that one off either. For like live from India, <laughs> <laughs> with her translator, no less. Remember that? Oh man! And since then, we've had like five people from American Horror Story on. Yeah. That's crazy. Let me see who else we have here. Now, here's somebody I want to get back on because she's on a reality show now with her daughter. Hello, this is Kelly LeBrock, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. Okay, now you're going to have to remind me, is this the one that, like, had the water that cures cancer? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know what's funny? If I'm not mistaken, she said like she didn't have TVs in her house. She doesn't allow her children to watch TV, but now they're on a reality show. Right, right. 
<laughs> Probably how they got on the reality show. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's it's. it's um, never watched TV ever. Like, oh. No, it's supermodels. Growing up supermodels. Well, she was. She was a supermodel, though. LeBrock. Well, it's not. It's uh, about I mean, the- all of a sudden, you have my full attention. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> Here we go. I'm she gonna, was. Do you, do you know what channel this is on? Like, I, you want to have it right here. It's on Lifetime. Um, of course. Now, I don't even know who half of these fucking people are. Um, Andrea Cambria and Faith Schroeder? Uh, I know that I follow Faith. I don't know who she is, but I know that I follow her ass on Instagram. Rick, anything to do with Ricky Schroeder, maybe? Mm. Is that is growing up supermodel, right? Yes. Let me see here. Um... Uh, Andrea's in the middle of a divorce with her famous husband, so it's got to be. They don't even yeah, mention yeah. him. Wow. So you can tell he was not for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, is Krista Allen on that show? Uh, yes. Okay, I, I do sort of know what it is. Yeah. Beverly and Cairo yeah, yeah. Peel? Who the fuck is that? Is there Oscar Dallas de La Hoya's family or something like that? Daughter or? Yes. Shanna Mokler, who was married to the dude from um, Blink-182. Did he die? He was in the plane crash, but he lived. That's right. Uh, Oh, he lived. uh, That's right. Parker. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Damn, that, I mean, this, they should just call this show Hot Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Peel and Cairo Peel. Now, do you think that's got to be Jordan Peel, right? The Ian Peel guy? You say so. You don't even know who that is, do you? No. <laughs> uh, Jordan Peel, he did a movie this year called Get Out, where he, I think he plays the black guy. <laughs> I think no, because I think it was I didn't see it, but I think it was a movie where like he was like the one black guy that they brought to dinner, and then some like horror movie shit happened. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, we, uh, I'm look, they have like bios on the on the Lifetime page of each like family here, right? And Arissa LeBrock. Now, is that Steven Seagal's daughter? Or, like, again, they don't mention... The father. The father. And, I mean, she has the, the Kelly's last name, LeBrock. Well, I mean, you know, Steven Seagal, he's a uh, reality star, too, you know. Uh, <laughs> he had a... Re- when I first came out to Arizona, he had a reality show where he was going around with Sheriff Joe and, like, serving warrants and stuff, and then he fucked up and ran over a dog in a tank, and they fired him. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, like, look that up. That's a true story. (laughs) What's what's the girl's name? Uh, Who killed the Brock's daughter? Yeah. Arissa. A-R-I-S-S-A. 
Yeah, no, that's Seagal's kid, born 93. Oh, wow. Again, there's no mention in the bio of the father. Arissa Montana Seagal is her name. Huh. She probably took her mom's name after they split up. Yeah, well, yeah I'm sure, sure that's, you know, probably what it, well, for the show anyway. Right. Growing up supermodel, that's probably what they did. It's the same thing, well, no, Schroeder, they kept the Schroeder name, though. Yeah, so... You know who they have to get, though? They're going to have to get Cindy Crawford's daughter because she's like a clone. Let me see here. Now, here's here's the... I'm, I'm scrolling through her. Here's a classic one. This is Mario Andretti, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. And and for the record, Mario said gravy. He, he did. Yes, okay. he did. Now, here's a crazy one. Like, um, I don't even think she's on the show anymore, but uh, store drawers. We had the girl Mary. Uh, I, I always mispronounce her fucking last name. And people rip me on fucking YouTube about it. I think her, her interview on YouTube might have the most views. I think it our- does, yeah. Um, I think she's on the spin-off of Storage Wars now. She was on the spin-off, and originally she was on the main show. What, is there another spin-off now? You know what, like, literally last week I watched an episode, and I was like, hey, is that that married chick from Texas? And they were like, yeah, she's on this show now. Yeah, Mary Padian. Yes. Yes, let me see here. I'm looking up our interview views all time. And we have, she's in second place. Uh, oh, really? 22,000 views, Twenty, almost 23,000 views. Bob Zamuda has 25,000 views. <laughs> Well, okay, so Mary was on Storage Wars Texas from 11 to 14, and then from 14 to now, she's on regular Storage Wars. But she got a promotion. This is Mary from Storage Wars Texas, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. She was was a total, like, exactly on TV, like real quirky, goofy, funny girl. Oh, you know who was fun to have on? The uh, Remember the husband and wife? The, the, the wife was on Hannah Montana, and then she grew up, and they wanted to start making, like, sex uh, novels with each other. Romy. <laughs> Romy, yeah. Uh, Romy, Romy Dames. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Scrolling through. Let me see what else. Uh... Here, here's somebody else that maybe Aaron coached. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Starr from Steel Panther. Oh, my God. If you like Bukaki Tears and you like to hang out with guys that are like Tiger Woods, then you better listen to Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> that one used to be in our promo our promo audio, so we, I would hear it a million times. <laughs> <laughs> 
trailer smashed into them a month ago, killed their bass player. The tour manager is still in the fucking hospital with like 65% burns all through her body and shit. And she's going to be Holy like, shit. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. But uh, here's the guitar player. Hey, what's up? This is Marco Lando from Adrenaline Mob, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. <clears throat> Here's here's one for you, Nick, a, a favorite. Hey, this is Mike from Red Sun Rising. You're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Uh, oh, man. They got the vote over Rachel. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can only vote for one of them. Now, here's somebody who I, I, another person I really would love to have on the 250th show. That's Orlando Jones of Sleepy Hollow, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Yo, man, like, you don't know how much that meant to me, that show. Like, we had to make seven up yours guy on the show. You know what I mean? Like, I forget about Sleepy Hollow and all those movies that he's done. He was the make seven up yours. Like, Dude, that was Clifford Fletcher from fucking The Replacements. That's all I know. <laughs> every time I, I watch that fucking movie, every time it's on, and I, I, it's funny because it came on like two weekends ago, and I was watching it with Rita, and I was telling Rita how he did the show, and I was just like, I want him back on the show, and and he wouldn't do it that day, and I, I just want to hear him sing. I want to sing with him. I will survive. That's like a life <laughs> <laughs> and he would not remember we kept trying to get him to do it. <laughs> oh, that's <too> funny. <laughs> and here here's one for you. Like another one, like yeah, we said about Crispin Glover, like he was doing his own show. This was an hour long interview and we didn't know what the fuck he talked about. Hi, this is Paul Shortino from Raiding the Rock Vault, and you're listening to Totally I gotta do that again. <laughs> totally, what was it? Totally Driven Radio. Totally Driven Radio. Hi, this is Paul Shortino from Rating the Rock Vault. You're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Rock on! Yeah, like, he wasn't listening to Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> Remember, we we were, like, messaging each other, like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, he was, like, about love and peace and and aliens and he, at one point he finally said I, I drank a bottle of sake and we were like oh well that explains everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're like that's great because an hour ago we asked you how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's one for you here's a actually it's her birthday today oh you want me to pitch a radio show for you huh Absolutely. <laughs> All right, if you guys want to get driven good and hard, listen to Total Driven Radio. This is Paula Bell. Take my advice. You're going to love it. Tune in or tune out like me. Either way, you're going to have a good time. All right. Thanks. 
You know which one I thought that was at first? I didn't even think it was that one. I thought it was the uh, the Rugrats one. Oh. I don't have her in the fucking system, I don't think. Remember when she did, like, she did, like, three different voices? Yeah, that's a fucking good one. And, uh, it was kind of an interesting conversation for, like, the lesser-known dude, but the, the guy from Wolf of Wall Street that was in, uh, he did, like, voice anime voices and stuff, too. He's actually, he's he's right on the pause. Oh, really? What's up, guys? You're listening to the best host in the world on Totally Driven Radio. This is PJ Byrne. Enjoy the show. PJ Byrne, yeah. That was a good interview. He was, like, in his car eating dinner. <laughs> yeah, he, picked, he went and picked up fucking dinner, and he was stuck in his driveway talking to us. Oh, man. And, of course, there's always... This is Rachel Moran, and you're listening to Totally Different Radio, and I'm obsessed with these guys. I think I have a crush with their voices. It's not good. And they're so much fun, and I'm having so much fun, and I'm so happy to be on this radio show, and you guys are, like, super cool and not insane, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Wait, on remember, the Did you say Totally Different Radio? Wait, wait, wait. What was that? Did she say totally different radio? Is that what she said? Hang on. Let's see. This Try is Rachel again. Loren, and you're listening to totally different radio, and I'm obsessed with these guys. <laughs> I think I have a crush with their voices. It's not good. And there's so much fun, and I'm having so much fun, and I'm so happy to be on this radio show, and you guys are, like, super cool and not insane, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. It, it does. does. I was like, oh, hey, it's Rachel. What's a totally different radio? What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> She's out in the woods. She was out in uh, at the Grand Canyon the other day. I saw that. She was at the uh, Hoover Dam, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh... Oh, you know which one's the favorite dude? Um, El Guapo. Boss Rutten. Ooh. Wait, hang, hang on, I'm I'm closing down the the bottom of the alphabetical list. Let me re, re, remind remind me that let me work through the R's here. Oh, here's another one. I should reach out to this fucking dude. Uh, this is Robbie Wrist. I do a lot what? of stuff. You're listening to Totally Driven Radio, and it, I'm totally driven by it. <laughs> he was fun. He was, dude. I thought it was gonna be like having an interview with comic book guy from the Simpsons, <laughs> but he ended up being really cool. Like, Hi, I'm Robert Dobby, and you're listening to my friends Basso, Frank, and Jess, and sometimes Nick on Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> so tune in and stay tuned and drive yourself wherever you want to go. That was back when it was sometimes Nick. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember, like, you know what I remember about that? How excited Jess was. Oh, my God. And he was putting out an album. Wasn't that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. The, the Sinatra album. He fucking, that was a good album. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's one. Oh. 
he, he would do the show. He was doing the show for a lot for a while. We we like formed a relationship, and he kind of fall, fallen off the earth. I don't know where he is. Yeah, yeah. This is Robert Lasardo breaking it down on Totally Driven Radio. Oh yeah, it's been a long time, and he was yeah. on like a couple times real quick in succession. Yeah, he started doing a lot of stuff overseas, and like that became like his home base, and. I think like he got married and to a girl from like you know France or somewhere over there, and I, I don't know if he moved there or what the deal is. Oh, man. That's one I, I need to investigate. But here, here was the one you had mentioned, Nick Romy. Hi, this is Romy James, and this is Jared Greger. We wrote Cutting Little Tales of Midnight and Vixenry, and this is Totally <laughs> Driven Radio. Boom. Oh, those guys are awesome. Those guys are like they're entrepreneurs. Totally. You know, they're they're totally like us. Like they're just they're and they admit like they're living paycheck to paycheck, trying to get by, and um, yeah, they're good people. That's awesome. And here's one another good person who, um, I reached out to the other day, and he's like, dude, I will be there for the 250th. He's like, I don't know what time yet. <clears throat> he said, but I'm definitely there. Hey, it's comedian Roy Wood Jr. from Sullivan and Son on CBS. You are listening to Totally Driven Radio, bastard. <laughs> 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 I think um, I just saw. I think it was uh, Ginger John who put up a uh, a pit. Was it a picture of you guys from the uh, from when you guys went out to see the the tour or something? Yeah, I, I put up uh, the other day. I wanted to put together an album, which I still have to go through and find more pictures of, like, you know, people who have done the show and we've ended up meeting or whatever. And I put it up on the the Totally Driven Facebook page, and then there was actually the, the the couple times we saw them do the Sullivan and Son show, and um, and actually, I guess it was within the last year where we came to Philly solo, and me and Jess went and saw them, and fucking hysterical. Oh wow. Here, here's an all-timer, though. Hi, this is Stacy Keach, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> that, like, that's, that's, I think, one of your favorite ones to play. Absolutely. It, yeah, that, that's definitely, like, top five most played. Here's another good one for Slapshot fans. It's Puck Talk with the Hansons. I'm Steve, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Foil up, boys. One of them dudes is like steady friends with you on Facebook now, right? Who, one of the Hansons? Yeah. No. I swear, I, I always see him responding to stuff on the uh, Totally Driven page. I'll tell you what, Mark from Trickster... He's like my fucking yeah. boy now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he dude, he fucking funny. he messaged me a couple times since that he was on a couple weeks ago, which he he'll be on to the two fiftieth without a doubt. But uh, he's like, dude, you're fucking freaking me out. Like, are you all right? Like, do you need anything? Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is Timeock, aka Bruce Leroy. You're listening to Totally Driven Radio. 
That's awesome. I it's cool though, like we we have, you know, there's guests that you like and there's guests that I like, but there's also this like range of guests that are like I would say they're like childhood dreams. You know what oh, I mean? Like absolutely. And so, like, it doesn't matter if they're super famous. It doesn't matter if they haven't been on TV in a while. Like, there's, there's Ty Mac was one of them that was just, like, that was a goal. You know what I mean? Like, right. And we accomplished that goal. <laughs> like, and, dude, you know oh, what? Like, I, I remember I tried reaching out to him, I think, for the 200th. And, like, his email address is no good no more. And that's how, like, I tracked him down last time. Like, he had a website, and, like, his email address was right on the website, and that's how I was able to yeah. put it up. It's, like, no good no more. Oh, and here's wow. one, another one I did reach out to, and I heard back from, but, but they'll be uh, taping, and they can't do the fucking show. Hey, everybody, this is a count from Counting Cars, and you're watching. Now, you're not watching. You're fucking listening. What the fuck? What, what, what's going myself? <laughs> hey, two. Hey, two. Hey, two. <laughs> Hey, everybody, this is the Count from Counting Cars on History, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Turn it up, man! Hey, dude, we got to get out to Vegas. Uh, Call you, man. Absolutely. Got it, got it. Now, here's one that hasn't been on in a while, and I I think a 250 would be a, a good way to get him back into the mix. Hi, this is Tony Dennison and Major Crimes, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Yeah, man, we had, like, I mean, we had a lot of those Major Crimes specials and stuff, and they had a really strong fan base. Is the show still on? Yeah, as far as I know. Oh, wow. Damn. And here's one. Yeah, we have a lot of like guests. We have a lot of guests from like in the past. So I'm so always surprised at how many guys we have that have like network shows now too. I know. Now here, here's like a somebody who was the one I always say really opened the doors up after this interview we did with him. Like things just really opened up. Um, and I, I can never get him to fucking come back on. It drives me insane. This is Corey Feldman, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> that was like, like we broke through with that interview. That was like we that was our step up to the next level, without a doubt. That was the, the that was the first time we looked back at that other station and just fucking laughed at them. You know? yeah. uh, this is Eric Roberts, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. Like, I don't like. We're not too far from getting the, the daughter on the show. Like, we're we're slowly getting there. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> We're, we're good Hi, with him. We're this good is with Donnie Most, and you're. I'm sorry. What was that, Nick? I said, you know, we're good with him. We're good with cheating. Now we just got to get the, you know, sister on the show. Working our way through the family. 
this is Cindy Williams, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. That that interview blew my mind, dude. Like, do you remember she was talking about like working as a waitress with and serving John Morrison? Jim Morrison. Or Jim Morrison, yeah, John Morrison, yeah. fucking wrestling <laughs> assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I just she had like she had real Hollywood stories too. You know what I mean? Like that was great. Let's see here. Hi, this is Bobby Brown, author of Dirty Rocker Boys: Love and Lust on the Sunset Strip, and also star of X Wives of Rock. You are listening to Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> yeah, you you remember when they first came on? I didn't like them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Hey there, everybody. Boss Ruthen here, aka the Pretty One El Wapo. Yeah, that's me. You are listening to Total Driven Radio. Godspeed and party on. <laughs> He's on Captain uh, Wait now. Remember, I was calling him by the wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, do you know if you go to YouTube and just type in Bob Rutten's fight, there's tons of videos of him kicking guys' asses in bars. What? Really? Yeah. Like, he gets in the fight all the time. I I should put just put fight in the title of our interview thing and, and watch. Maybe you'll get more hits. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Bailin. You're listening to the Totally Driven Radio. Oh, let me say again. Radio. Totally Driven, right? Yes. Totally Driven. Totally, totally Driving Crazy. Hold on. Okay. Hello, everyone. Okay, ready? Go ahead. Hello, everyone. This is Bailin. You're listening to the Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> I can't do it. You don't see right. She kept trying to sound so sexy. <laughs> and that was a, that's one of the ones that you, you ended up meeting her in real life, right? Yeah, and she is a fucking trip, man. She is off the hook. She really, she's just like that. Oh wow! Yeah, because I, 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 that was a real popular photo for you. <laughs> and she will be on. She will be on the 250th, but I got to tape it with her during the day because she's taping something at night. But again, dude, like, that's ethics. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking about the, from The Crow, from Lost, like, one of the biggest TV shows of the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, good shit. Absolutely. So, all right, well, speaking of interviews, I have this interview to play. Which I something's wrong with the fucking system. I can't get it uploaded in the system. Thankfully, though, I uh, I was actually ahead of the game and actually uh, had it already uploaded onto YouTube. This way, I can just release it on YouTube tomorrow and send it out to the press. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I'm trying like on, I'm trying to like keep up with that stuff, so I'm good on that end, but I'm behind on fucking everything else. But let me um. 
it'll it'll play right. first. Can you hear that? Another big security breach today. So now I got yeah. to camp hard okay. for a new one, and then up to the places that have it on file. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right, I'm going to play the interview for everybody, and then I'm going to play a tune afterwards. Uh, John Connolly is the name. You might know the the band. He His full-time band is Seven Dust. Uh, he's got a side project, which is called Projected. They just uh, put out a, an album, which is – actually, they did an album five years ago, and I, I never even freaking heard about it until <laughs> I got presented with the with this. But this new album is out. It's pretty badass. Uh, it's called Ignite My – uh, fire, and uh, here he is, John Connolly of Seven Dust and Projected. John Connolly. Hey, how are you, John? Here. Good man. How are you doing? But that's kind of the nature of uh, of how this band, you know, exists. You know, we we just find time and you know, in the holes, and and somehow or another, we, we you know find a way to make it work. Now, doing just that, like finding time and all, like when this thing first started coming to fruition, you know, over five years ago, um, you guys turn around to the other guys in Seven and say, "Look, you know, like in between our." downtime or whatever you know, like I, I got some other stuff i want to work on i want to do a side project you kind of like give the guys a heads up yeah i mean everyone kind of knows that it's on the radar you know i mean i think the first time is always the, you know the biggest shock <laughs> well like what you're gonna do something else I'm like yeah yeah i'm not going anywhere nothing's changing it's just you know when you have time off um I, I, i'm i, I guess sort of a workaholic you know i'm kind of one of those guys where if i'm not doing something i always feel like i should be doing something or i want to be doing something and uh you know it's kind of one of those projects that have been on the radar for a long time you know it was like theoretically speaking let's just see what happens if we just step outside the box for a minute you know but when it came back up around this time um you know the guys kind of expected it you know because we've been talking a while it was like look you know you know, the, the first time was a, a, a test to see if we could even pull it off. And uh, the second time is just kind of, you know, reaffirming that we had a good time doing it the first time. And, you know, let's uh, let's go back in and, and, and see what happens, you know. And we had no intention of <laughs> of having 21 songs on the record. I mean, I, I can, I, I'll be honest with you on that one. That that was something that kind of happened that just, we just ended up the double record. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is cool, you know. I mean, I looked at Scott. I was like, I've never released a double record before. He was like, me either. I was like, this is uncharted territory, <laughs> you know. So, I think for all of us, we were all kind of in that 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 really really cool spot of okay, how do we even how do you even approach this or handle this? I mean, Rat Pack was great. We figured they would be the uh, the ones who would kind of talk us off the ledge, you know, and be like, oh no no, you know, do the smart thing, do you know, two separate records and it just made more sense to do it all as one. You know, it was like, it, it, it was written together. They belong together. The window of opportunity, um, you know, it's always kind of narrow. I mean, seven us is going to have another record out in spring of 2018. Okay. And once we start touring that, that'll be a good, you know, year, year and a half worth of touring. And it's not to say that I won't try to, you know, put a couple projected shows here and there during that, but, I just know in the world of seven us, once we start working, we're working. So, right. 
you know, that machine gets never going. Any guarantees with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, so you guys do get to do shows then. We're going to try to. I mean, we're really, really going to try hard. I mean, my biggest hurdle is the fact that, you know, and I mean, talk about poor planning. Um, I have one member who's in Alter Bridge and one member who's in Tremonti. And when Mark right. Tremonti is not doing Alter Bridge, he's doing Tremonti. And, <laughs> right. you know, Tremonti's pretty established. I mean, they've, they've done a good bit of, you know, road work over in the UK and over in Europe. Intends on going pretty deep with it. My biggest opportunity is probably going to come from trying to marry those two together, trying to, you know, right. do something where we would actually tour with Tremonti so that we can kind of nail E-Rock down. I mean, you know, Scott will be easy because it'll be off, but I got to, you know, I'm, I'm even looking at like, you know, January and February of next year and Mark's like, you're probably going to be in the studio. And I'm like, okay, well, all right, let me think about this, you know, but, uh, but the cool thing is that this will be the first time that seven of us will be almost on the same um, schedule as Tremonti as well. And, oh, I mean, we'd okay. love to tour with Mark one way, way, shape, form, or another. So it might not even end up being a projected thing. It could be a, you know, seven of us Tremonti tour. And then in the times off, maybe we do like a Tremonti, you know, projected thing. But but that's that's the toughest thing is that, I, that I've got to push and pull between Eric and, and Scott, you know. Does it get frustrating though? I mean, here's this. I mean, especially now you guys put out this double album. You got all this new music, and you know, being a mus- musician myself, I know once you like, you get them new songs done or done in the studio, you want to play them in front of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. That's that's the highlight. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things. That I, I think we kind of accepted going in. We knew that it was going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, but it's just kind of, you know, the nature of what it is. It's like, it, it's, I, you know, everyone's like, is it, is, is it a real band or is it still, do you, you know, call it a side project? I'm like, well, it's always going to be like a side project. It's always going to be something fun to do. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it would be very cool if we could actually take it out on tour at some point. You know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, 21 songs. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of material we, we, we you know i mean you could slice and dice this thing up 16 different ways and have a million different sets you know i mean between that and the first record we've got you know over 30 songs now so yeah i mean it 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 does get a little frustrating but you know it's just kind of the nature of what it really is in the first place so so does this mean you're going to come back like in another five years with a triple album and like top yourself <laughs> Just about that all the time, you know. Even the seven nuts guys are like, crap, man. What are we supposed to do on our next record? I'm like, I'm gonna make a record. <laughs> but man, you just did a double record, and that's real weird. I'm like, well, I guess it is, you know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's definitely gonna set the bar, you know. <laughs> I mean, we've we've got our work cut out for us for sure. I mean, to try to top this one, you know, it's got to be either something that's huge or something that's just, you know so undeniable um but yeah i mean when, when you sit down and do these things you know like like i said we never sat down and said okay we're going to release double records and the concept records and take you know five zillion years for it to be released and all that stuff you know you just you kind of go through the process and you just you end up where you end up and um right that's where we ended up you know i mean never i have no experience with it like, like, like 
you know, I, I've never done anything that, that was this big, um, this deep, this intensive. But it came naturally. That, that's the weird thing is it just kind of happened. So we just kind of went with it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> You know, maybe a triple record is in our future. I mean, I don't know anyone who's ever done that. So. <laughs> Come on, hey, you know what? You can do it. Well, actually, um, uh, I don't know if you know if you've ever heard of Bernie Torme. He used to play uh, played guitar in Ozzy after uh, Randy uh, died in a plane crash for a few days. He just put out this year a triple album. The first one's electric. The really? second is uh, acoustic, and the third is live. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's really cool. Hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> do one of each and then do a live record yeah, yeah, yeah I like it there you go so now how about uh, also I mean you, you've taken on the role of the, the front man which is different for you how is you doing that oh it's terrifying you know I mean <laughs> talk about being out of your comfort zone um, you know I mean it's always a guess it's always a question I mean everybody in Seven Dust is uh, you know a really really strong songwriter you know we've we've always got our opinions and you know there's a zillion melodies and uh you know lyrics coming out of everywhere you never know where it's going to come from who's going to contribute so you're always kind of fighting for airspace in that man um you know you out push your way up to the front of the line and you know you make your pitch and someone comes in and crush it with something that's just 10 times cool it's just kind of the nature of how it works in, in, in that situation but with this it's totally different it's um you know, I'm sitting there just waiting for someone to crush my stuff, and everyone's just sitting around, just kind of giving me a thumbs up, you know. So, I mean, for me, it, it, it's it's two parts: it's the writing process that's completely different, and then the fact that you know I'm still looking around, going, "Where's Miles? Where's LJ? <laughs> Where are the singers <laughs> in the equation here? Like, what's happening?" Um, no, I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun to do, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something that's uh, Completely new, you know, I mean, you know, playing drums, playing guitar, writing songs, all that stuff is, uh, you know, it's kind of a natural part of what I do. But being the singer is still something I'm still getting my head wrapped around, you know, because it's always been like, okay, you know, getting a melody across is one thing, but then liking the sound of your own voice is another thing. And that's a, right. That's just a big hurdle. You know, my whole life, it's been like, you know, you always listen to yourself and you're like, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's like the sound of your own voice can kind of annoy you at times. So the fact that it doesn't for other people is a blessing. Um, you know, because for me, I'm I'm just super critical about it. But yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's it's a cool experience for sure because there's nothing um, <clears throat> you know more uncomfortable than than putting yourself that far out of your comfort zone and then having it actually work. So I'm just crossing my fingers, going, all right. <laughs> At some point, someone's going to pull the curtain back and be like, all right, where's the wizard? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that helps, too, uh, when it comes to the actual songwriting part, to, to give it that difference from a seven dunce to a projected? Absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest hurdle for me, though, is um, it's tough. I have to be very careful on how I approach uh, the songwriting process in seven dunce because it used to be that I would just go in <clears> – <throat> record vocals you know put a harmony on it take it to the guys the guys go oh that's cool you know great song or i don't know maybe maybe we should explore a different you know thing on the chorus or whatever but now when i do it 
sometimes I play it for the guys and they go, that sounds like projected. And I go, <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a tough spot to be in because it's, um, you can get very personal with it, you know, and in projected, it's like, okay, that's, it, this is my personal approach. This is, I'm not thinking about how LeJean would sing it. I'm thinking about how, how I would sing it. And, right. you know, sometimes when you're in that process and you do it for a while, you realize, crap, I just wrote another damn projected song by, you know, by mistake. Because it's not very <laughs> seven us. LeJean and, and myself have very different uh, vocal styles, which is, is kind of, I guess, a, a really cool thing. I'm glad that we don't sound like each other. I mean, you know, singing back up behind him for the past 20 years has taught me quite a bit but sure we do we definitely have completely different styles you know i mean we uh we gravitate towards just totally different things so it can be a blessing and it, it, it can be a, you know a curse sometimes when you're going through the process we're actually working on a new seven dust record right now and i'm i'm having to sidestep that you know i'm like all right unplug <laughs> not projected this is seven dust focus you know does it also kind of like keep things like uh, now that there's the side project that projected and there is the, the seven dust machine that there is, does it give you kind of like uh, uh, almost like a, a breath of fresh air now where before you would, you know, in that 20 year span, you're taking a break where now you're really not taking a break. You're, you're going back and forth between the two and it's like, all right, well now it's back onto the seven dust and I can do this thing and, I just did that and now I can like be this person over here and, you know, where we can kind of breathe some fresh energy into it. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think they both, uh, I mean, trust me, I, you know, it, I'd be lying if I, if I, you know, said that I wasn't taking or, or stealing or borrowing things I've learned seven dust over to project it. I mean, it's just kind of the natural course of how you go through it. You know, it's like you learn the songwriting process, you learn what works, what doesn't work structure you know flow all that stuff and uh you know it's cool to be able to to step into this and go okay i can do this for a second and then you know step back over into the seven months world and do that for a second because like i said you know the, the the process is uh it's so different i know they're super related you know i mean i'm not tuning right. the guitar to keys and i'm not playing things that don't come naturally you know people ask me all the time sure. like do you sit down and do you write differently um, with projected than you do with seven dust. And I don't because I don't sit down to write at all. Um, my process is very, very different. Um, I went through a, a bit of writer's block about a decade ago and I changed the process up totally where I don't sit down. Like I don't, if, you know, I'm going to get off the phone in a few minutes. I'm going to go down. I'm going to write a power ballad. I never do that. Right. I literally walk into the room. I turn everything on, I pick the guitar up and I start playing. That is it. I hit the record button. I record for about 40, 45 minutes against the beat. And I just play. Um, there's no agenda. I don't know what I'm going to play. I don't know how fast it's going to be, what tempo it's going to be in. You know, I just throw something up and just go. And then what right. I do is the next day I'll go back in and I'll sit down without a guitar and I'll just listen. You know, just listen to all the nonsense that I did. You know, out of 45 minutes, there's probably about 39 and a half minutes of just BS. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then the other the other four or five minutes is like, ooh, wait a minute, the hairs of my arm just stood up, and you put lo little location points, and you know, there's usually three or four parts in there. You know, I mean, 
the biggest problem is I'll usually find one extra part, you know, that doesn't really fit the song, typical song structure, whatever. But that's kind of what I do. And I do the same thing with projected and with seven notes. I mean, you, you never know what kind of, uh, you know, song or vibe you're going to come up with. But you sure. come up with cool stuff when you do it that way. It's, it's kind of like going fishing. You know, you throw a line in, and there's some days where they're just not biting. And then there's other days right. where it's like as fast as you can pull them in. And that's kind of my, you know, point of view when it comes to songwriting. It's like sitting down to write specifically for something is something that I just I got out of the habit of doing because I tried to do that for a while. And that's where you really kind of block yourself off. You know, you, you, you kind of you set the boundaries and the walls up and some of the best songs are the ones that just come accidentally like that, you know, just throw your line in and, uh, you know, maybe today's not the day, but tomorrow could be the day where you just keep reeling them in. So, you know, (laughs) the the difference between the two is, uh, minimal only because that's the process that I do. Now, the difference is once I get it to a point where I'm happy with it, um, and project it, it's a lot easier to get something, you know, through the, through the kitchen with all the chefs that we got going on in there. Cause in seven nuts, it's like, okay, there's five cooks in the kitchen at all times. So, um, you know, the, the, I think the biggest challenge in seven nuts is, is even like making a record. What kind of a record do we want to make at this point in time? There's still like not a definitive direction on what we're going to do yet. Um, it's starting to kind of point itself in that direction, but it's still hard to tell because, you know, you've got three guys who want to make three very different records. And we always find a way to marry that, you know. We'll, but with Projected, it's a little bit easier because once you find the path, you just kind of keep going down the path. And then you look around and you're like, all right, they haven't quit yet. <laughs> yeah, it's still cool, you know. Did you uh, – I saw, like, I guess it was the first week charts. Uh, I mean, you guys were all over Billboard charts for all the different categories. Were you kind of shocked? Absolutely. I mean, even Joe from Rap Pack had called me up. He was like, did you guys chart on the first record? And I just laughed. I was like, no. <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> such a minor little blip on the radar. You know, when you're shipping everything out of the house and, you know, the first record, we, we you know, we went through the entire process of, all right, we're going we're gonna to write a record. We're going to make a record, record a record. We're going to do it on a dime without a label, without anything, do it out of the house. And uh, it was crazy. I mean, it was just, it, it was chaos because, you know, I mean, some dude would order the CD and the T-shirt for his girlfriend, but he used a credit card for his old billing address, and, you know, $14.99 would eat up two and a half hours of your day just dealing with where did USPS ship it to and, you know, tracking and this and that and the other thing. And I was like, okay, this is why you have a label, <laughs> because it was cool to do it. So you could experience it so that I can be sympathetic to the process, but that has nothing to do with music. You know what I mean? Like the whole fulfillment part of it was something that I was just like, Oh my God. I mean, when we launched that first record, I mean, the whole front room of my house, the dining room was just stealing the floor wall to wall, um, flat rate boxes, you know, because we didn't know what you're going to do. You know, you kind of throw it out there. Right. And go, well, hopefully we do a lot. And I mean, I'm thankful that we did it and I'm thankful that it worked out the way that it did, but it was just on the, like on the verge of being almost a little too much. You know I mean? Lori, right. my wife and I looked at each other a couple of times and we were like, wow, <laughs> this is not what we expected in a positive way. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, naturally when we said, okay, what are we going to do the second time? We looked at each other because she was, she was still actually almost in, in the, the, the group of maybe we can do it all in house again. And I said, I don't think so. I was like, you know, <laughs> we can, but I'll never touch a guitar, you know, for the next three or four months. So yeah, Rat Pack was a natural fit for us. I mean, we just, uh, we had a couple conversations with Joe and, uh, <clears throat> his plan and his model is set up around all these crazy quirky side projects that may or may, you know, tour, um, you know, he, he's not focused on that. He's focused on just the physical selling of the music. And, uh, right. He does such a good job, you know, with all the fulfillment and the extra stuff that he does, whether it be a stickers or the picks or just, you know, I see these people open up the packages. And I'm like, like Christmas morning, you know, it's like it, it's so much intro, totally extra is. content, you know. And for me, that was a big deal. I was like, all right, look, you know, I, yeah, 21 songs is great for people waiting for five years, but if they're going to get a, you know, a guitar laminate and a pick and a bunch of stickers and all this extra stuff, it's like that to me, you know, it, 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 it was just such a cool part of it, you know. And that was the one thing that we consistently heard when we were talking with people before we signed with Rat Pack, we were like, what do you know about these Rat Pack folks? And I said, look, man, they take care of the fans. They take care of the people <clears throat> who are physically buying the product, you know? And they do such a good job with the whole fulfillment part of it. And uh, but we couldn't be happier, you know? It, it was perfect. It was like, okay, this makes sense. Because, um, you know, just based off the numbers and how well it actually did do on the charts, if we tried to do it out of the house, I'd probably be... <laughs> I'd probably be in the middle of a divorce right now. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that we would have been able to handle it. You know, we're looking at each other going, holy crap. Thank God for Rat Pack. You know? It's also, too, like with the packages like that, it's like buying a, a Kiss album back in the 70s where you're getting all the little oh, yeah. uh, prizes. So, yeah, it's definitely yep, cool. You get your tattoos, you get all your little pull yeah, right. the, the posters and all that extra stuff. Oh, yeah. Trust me, Kiss Alive, too. That was like, that might have been the, it wasn't the first but it was like the third or the fourth record that i had ever bought and i didn't even know what it sounded like i just knew that there was stuff blowing up there were flames these guys were wearing costumes and makeup i had not heard one song but i had to have kiss alive too and when i opened it it was just like i don't even think i put the the record on the turntable for for a good hour hour and a half because i was going through everything that was in it you know but that's kind of you know that's that's part of why we kind of did the whole thing this way. You know, I right. mean, we're kind of in a day and an age where, yeah, I mean, the traditional and the, the convenient thing is to do, you know, a song at a time, maybe an EP, you know, don't give them too much, you know, because people only want to stream it on Apple music or Spotify or whatever. But I kind of miss the whole, you know, presentation of something that was big, you know, and that kiss a lot too. Totally. I remember, it was a double record. You know, it was huge. This thing was, I mean, it was mm -hmm. massive. And that's kind of what we did with this. We said, look, you know, let's not do what everyone expects. You know, just the announcement that there were 21 songs on it, I mean, it was freaking people out because they're not, they're just not used to it. We're in a different sure. day and age, you know. And most labels will actually, that, that's the one thing that I loved about the whole Rat Pack thing was the fact that they were the ones who were pushing for it. I was the guy saying, maybe we should do the smart thing and split it up between, you know, two records. And they're like, nope. <laughs> it's a double record. It should be a double record. And I was like, okay. You know, the artist part of me said, 
uh, you know, you don't have to convince me too too hard because I love doing things like this, you know. And especially being the fact that it took, I mean, unintentionally, but, you know, from five years between the first and the second record, I was like, all right, what a better way to really get people to dig in, you know what I mean? And I've told a lot of people, I'm like, hey, man, just spend, you know, the first few months with disc one and then get to disc two, you know, next year or whatever. I mean, not, you know, we're not going to be doing a new one anytime soon, relatively speaking. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it is it is a lot to dive into for sure. Absolutely. Now, it, and it's a concept album too, correct? Sir, yep, yep, yep. Which is another thing that was completely unintentional. You know, like I said, that whole fishing <laughs> thing. You never know what you're going to catch. <laughs> wow. So so what is it that ignites the insanity? Um, anything. I mean, it can be the external stuff. It could be, you know, you flip them through the news channels. Um, it's probably about 20% external and then 80% internal. Uh, most of it is actually... We did a concept record um, in Seven Dust. It was the Alpha record that we released back in 2007. And this one is basically connected. They are twins. Um, the voices, or the voice, I should say, in Alpha has manifested into voices. There are multiple voices now. It's actually gotten worse. Um, but th- this is the revelation where you've, you've kind of accepted that they're there, and you have to figure out how you're going to incorporate them into your life um, because they're not going anywhere. And they're very persistent and they're very persuasive. And, you know, sometimes they, they lead you down good paths and sometimes they lead you down bad paths and you have to be able to kind of figure out how to sort through it all. Um, but yeah, it's basically just, uh, you know, the tale of someone who's, who has come to the realization that they're going insane and they have to accept it and they have to deal with it. Wow. Sounds deep at times. Well, what's that? I said it sounds deep at times. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it can be. You know, I mean, it's it's you know, it's uh, not the most uplifting, positive record, but you know, it has its moments. Uh, there, there's moments where <clears throat> things are good, and there's moments where things aren't good at all. Um, but that's just kind of the the nature of you know, if you were going insane and you were losing it, you know, probably what the process would be. Because you realize there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff around you, you know, your family, friends, and, and things like that, that, uh, you know, they're all part of it as well. I mean, they can ignite the insanity as well. It could be an external, you know, thing as easily as, as, as it, you know, it, it could be an internal thing. But most of it is, is the internal, you know, voices and thoughts and conversations. Right. Wow. So now I guess uh, you'll just be working on uh, the Seven Dust album now, rest of the year, or trying to give me possibly throw some shows in here for either band, or um, no Seven Dust shows for sure. Um, we'll start pre-production in October, and we'll be tracking November, mixing December. We had our first um, sort of full band. Everyone, Clint's out with Cedar right now, so I actually just got back from Atlanta last week. Went up there with uh, Morgan and Vinny and LeJohn. Uh, just to do a writing session, you know, just to kind of, you know, crack the ice, but right. you know, launch, do do whatever. Let's let's get let's get a direction. Let's let's figure out where we're going. Um, got a handful of songs, and now we kind of have a better idea of what everyone's mindset is. You know? <coughs> and that's always the toughest thing. Is like, 
I mean, if you write a ton of stuff, there could be, you know, 16 different directions that you could end up going. But until you actually sit down with the guys in the band, you kind of don't know, you know, because in projected, it's a little more of a personal thing. I mean, it's not to say that, you know, E-Rock and Benny and Scott don't have an input because they do. It's just, I get a little, a lot farther down the road before the input, you know, starts to become abundant with seven dust. Right. You know, I, I could start and everyone could be looking at me going, no, that's not what we want to do. And you go, okay, wait a minute, where are we going? <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me get on the same page with you and then figure it out. So, so yeah, um, I, I think we have a, a decent, you know, understanding and idea of where, you know, everyone else's uh, plan is, you know, what kind of a record they want to make. And uh, yeah, you know, the, the next uh, three or four months we'll probably be busy getting it all set up and launched for spring. So, you know, somewhere in the midst of that, obviously I'll be looking at open holes and, you know, when's Alter Bridge not on tour and when's Jemani in the studio. And, you know, hopefully we, we, we can pull off a, a handful of dates. That'd be cool. <coughs> well, hopefully uh, Philly can be on that calendar. For sure. I'd love to, man. <laughs> so, and, and something else I got to throw out there too, uh, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure everybody has that song. There's there's probably like a handful of songs out there um, that when I listen to, I start to cry. <laughs> and you have involvement in one of those songs, and uh, it's Angel's Son. And that that song, oh, and nice. I, can honestly, I can honestly say it's probably been like the last, over the last few years, I can finally like listen to it now without crying through it. I mean, it took probably 20 years. But uh, oh, amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, you know, as heavy as we, you know, usually are, there's always those moments. You know, the angel songs, the weight, the, you know, those <coughs> those personal songs that just kind of get, you know, super attached. It's usually, you know, usually around the loss of someone. You know, I mean, when we sure. lost Lynn, um, you know, it, it was a, that was a crazy one. I mean. And, you know, it just came out of, so out of left field. You know, I remember getting the call and I was like, what? You know, because it wasn't like he was sick. It wasn't like there was anything that was on the radar. It was just one of those freak, right. you know, those freak occurrences. And I was like, oh, man. But, yeah, that that was probably the first time that we ever had to deal with anything like that, you know. But, uh, but yeah, super personal, you know, song about him <coughs> and uh, our relationship yeah. and all that good stuff. And I, th- I think too, uh, especially uh, it's still to this day I can't I can't watch the video because the the video with uh, Lynn's mom and all and amazing yeah. amazing just the way you guys did that. So all right, well, dude, this has been great, man. It's been great talking to you. I wish you all the luck with everything. Projected Seven Dust. Um, where should everybody go to get the album? Should we send them right to Rat Pack Records so this way you're not mailing them out of your house? Yeah. People ask me all the time, like, hey, man, let me just swing by your house. I'm like, I don't have any here. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're not doing it like they're doing the first one. Like, I want to get a shirt. I'm just going to swing by your house. I'm like, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, all the physical stuff is going through Rat Pack. It's available digitally everywhere. Uh, you know, Google Play, Amazon, Apple Music, iTunes, you know, you name it. It's up there as well. Um, but, yeah, Rat Pack is probably the easiest way. <laughs> And how about the the band projected? Is there a website or just the Facebook page or? Yeah, Facebook page and then Rat Pack. We're kind of letting them, you know, kind of run with all of it. 
Um, we did have a website that we were using a few years back, but we just, you know, decided that the Rat Pack thing and uh, the Facebook page is, is a little more efficient, you know, because we can get in there. I've got a couple people that, uh, you know, kind of help me out with the page, and it serves a purpose just fine. So, yeah, Facebook and uh, Rat Pack Records. Awesome. And last thing before I let you go, if I can get you to cut an ID for me. Uh, this sure. is John Connolly of Seven Dust and Projected. And you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Hey, this is John Connolly from Seven Dust and Projected, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Awesome. John, again, thank you so much, man. My pleasure. Thanks. Okay. You too. Bye.
right, there they are, projected to tune ignite. Badass freaking tune. It's a lot more commercial than Seven Dust, though. Uh, hang on. I have you guys muted out. Uh, there we go. Are you there, Nick? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. <laughs> All right. All right. But yeah, so, it, it was different, but you know, it's funny. I, I, I didn't put two and two together. Like, we did a list not too long ago where you played that song, and I loved it. And uh, I had English never heard song? it before. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't put two and two together until, like, as you guys were talking about it. Dude, you know, it's, um, I've been so fucking busy this week, um, between work being busy, um, trying to get the fucking magazine all finished up and shit, and I had interview with, with John, I did, I taped that on Tuesday afternoon, and then Wednesday, I taped an interview with Frankie Benelli from Quiet Riot, I taped an interview <clears throat> with Rough House at 6 o'clock tonight That was an hour long And then we're doing the show tonight And now I gotta take this interview tomorrow So I'm like fucking totally burnt And um When when John was presented to me Uh You know I just It was Hey I got Frankie Benelli And oh uh, John Connolly have projected if you want it too I'm like well yeah you know I'll, I'll do both I didn't realize cause like Anymore with the way the schedule is with taping so many interviews and shit, <clears throat> I usually right. wait till that day now, and I'll sit and I'll prep for like two hours. Like you know, most anymore, mostly it, it's like music interviews. So what I'll do is I'll put on whatever the, the album is they're promoting, and I'll just fucking put that thing on repeat and listen to it. And usually I'll sit there for like two hours and I'll research and just really go into it and, and find things and, and pull shit from here and there and put together my questions. And I had no idea. You know, all I knew was John Connolly projected. I, I go and fucking look him up and I start looking and then it's like, wait a minute, this fucking dude's in seven dust. Like, <laughs> I had no fucking idea. <clears throat> <laughs> No, that's awesome, though. So, that's really um, cool. yeah, <coughs> <coughs> fucking this cough. So, all right, let me um, uh, as I was telling Nick, my fucking screen crapped out like two minutes into that interview, so I need to reboot real quick. So while we're doing that, I'm gonna play around commercials, and I should be back in time for the the restart. But if not, you know, uh, Nick, I'll you're logged here. in. Right? All right, cool. Yep. Right, we'll be back in a few minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. 
Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause www.caseyscause.com Looking for that perfect gift for your ghoul friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. All right, welcome back. Trojan Radio, we're back. That's the one thing, like, with, the, with this new computer, like, it, it reboots so fucking quick where my other one would take a half Really? Minute. Yeah, dude, it was like <laughs> two minutes I was back on. I was like, it would just stop fucking um, freaking out the screen. I'd be in a lot better shape. Yeah, my laptop right now takes, you know, 20 minutes to reboot. Yeah. I, I, I've felt that pain for a long time, dude. It, it feels so good just to fucking boom. <clears throat> so I, uh, I, what's the name? Uh, yesterday was our, mine and Jess's 20th wedding anniversary. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, dude, that's, I mean, it's a fucking milestone. And, um, we uh, so I, I had a plan to do something, and she's sleeping now, so she won't hear me probably. But my original plan was I, I was going to do something, and uh, this would really would shock you as well. Where there's the the spirit of Philadelphia boat down at Penn's Landing that does like a dinner cruise, you know, up and down the the, the fucking river over there. 
So I was oh, like, wow. right, this uh, this would really be a shocker and a big fucking thing if I did this. So right. I, I looked into it and I was going through the thing last week and I'm like, all right, uh, all right, cool. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. But, you know, I only go into my office like a couple days a week and I wanted to sit down and I wanted to actually like you can do it online. But like it, it was like so confusing because they have like all these different packages and, you know, if they had like anniversary packages and you get all these special bonuses and shit. So I wanted right. to really be able to sit when I had time alone and talk to the person <clears throat> and make sure I got the package ordered correctly. And I fucking waited Till this Monday to fucking do it, and the anniversary was yesterday, and they were fucking sold out for the dinner cruise. I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, uh, so, yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" So <clears throat> my backup was um, she had mentioned a few weeks ago uh, that I've never taken her to the little Italian restaurant in South Philly that was in the the Rocky movies at Adrian's, right. And, uh, which was uh, in what was it, Rocky Balboa and Creed. So I'm like, all right, well, let me, let me look into that. So I looked into that and I uh, made the reservation. So <clears throat> she had no idea what the fuck we were doing. All I kept saying was like, I, you know, we're going out to dinner and she kept saying, she's like, well, what, what do I wear? I'm like, well, fucking wear clothes. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, look, I, I said, I'll put it to get dressed. Like we're going over to Kitchen Consigliere, mm-hmm. but we're not. I'm like, that's the only way right. I can tell you. Dress like you're going there. Like, wear like, like, a nice fucking pair of jeans and a nice shirt and fucking heels on and shit, and, and, and away we go. So, that's what we did. So, I start driving, and I get on 95. She's like, we're not going to Kitchen Consigliere? I'm like, no. So, I pass the fucking Jersey Bridge, and she's like, oh, alright. And then I, I get off on Broad Street, and She's really like, where the fuck are we going? So then we're, we're driving down Broad Street. She had no fucking idea. We pull up in front of the place, and she's like, oh, my God, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. So she's like all freaked out now. And, <clears throat> dude, the fucking place is literally like 100 years old. If you go on the website and read about it, it's called the Victor Cafe. Um, it's an amazing little fucking hole-in-the-wall place that's actually – uh, like three stories. Um, it's got like the one level, and then you can go up like a half flight of steps to like another level of the restaurant. And then there's like a whole, like you go up to the second floor, which would be technically like, kind of be like a third floor to it, um, which we didn't go up because I just, I, I didn't want to fucking do it and get out of breath. Um, yeah. But it's like a real old, I mean, it's an old fucking place. And the walls are completely covered with old-time pictures of, like, opera singers. Like, it's an opera restaurant where, <clears throat> which is, now this is amazing. I don't know how they find these people to be their wait staff, but I, I, I'm guessing there's, like, a clique in Philadelphia that knows about this, and that's how they find these people. Um, all the waiters and waitresses are opera singers. And... Like every probably like every twenty minutes, they'll go over like to the dividing point where there's this this like half a staircase dividing the lower level to the middle level. Person whoever's turn it is goes over and grabs the bell off the thing, 
and rings the bell and everybody stops eating and the person introduces themselves and tells what song they're going to sing and what it's from and what it's about and who the character is singing the, the song and they break into this fucking opera song and they belt it fucking out dude like it, mind-blowing opera and you're just like holy shit like i mean it just it's like makes the fucking like hair on your fucking arms just stand up like so fucking good and amazing and it was such a an amazing experience it really was and um so we, our food uh we ordered for an appetizer we got a cheese plate and it was like <clears throat> probably like five or six different kinds of cheeses and with crackers and uh, some grapes and uh, a fig spread was like a, in a little bowl and these other fucking pieces of fruit. I don't know what they were, but Jess was eating them. Um, you didn't need it? You know what? I had the fig spread and I was eating grapes with the with the cheese, yeah, but I didn't eat the, the other oh. thing. I don't, I don't know what the fuck it was. I could probably look up their menu. Um, so then for the main course, <clears throat> I got like, I was looking at stuff and I was just, I, I really didn't know what the fuck I was going to get. And I'm like, you know what? Once I saw it, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to roll old school, plain, simple. And, uh, the thing, the selling point was Brajol. So I got, it was called a uh, spaghetti rustica. Which was basically spaghetti, meatball, sausage, and brajol, and uh, it, it was so fucking good. Um, it's so good, so fucking good. And uh, Jess is like, "Well, it, was it better in kitchen consigliere?" And I'm like, "You know what? Portion wise, no. Taste wise, yes, it, it was better." It really was. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was dude, really fucking good. Oh, man. So would you say, are you, are you glad that it didn't work out? Honestly, I was kind of disappointed because I, I really wanted, because I, I knew that was going to be, I mean, that would have been right. a fucking huge, huge thing. <laughs> but you know what, dude? Keep it in your back pocket. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, it's there. She she, yeah, even, she even said she's like because I said to her I said you know my original plan fell through what was it I said the fuck if I'm telling you I said you'll know <laughs> <laughs> when I can pull it off that's when you'll know I said I'll never tell you until I'm able to fucking pull it off oh that's awesome but uh, dude if you ever come back to Philly. Nice little fucking place And this was another thing I was pissed about Like we got there Like uh, this is my thing now Like I don't know if it's just because I'm feeling old Or getting fucking old But I like to make my reservations like early Because I like to get in when the place isn't busy And get out before the crowd gets in So I'm with you on that Yeah dude I'm not about like fucking sitting in a crowded restaurant I want to be able to sit and Relax and not have to fucking worry about you know having to rush and shit like that. So I made reservations for five thirty. We got there actually at like five fifteen. They see this right away, and the place was pretty empty. I mean, I think there was maybe one or two other tables, and 
straight like we were in the the, the low section and straight towards the front though they had us right in the very front and straight back was the fucking painting like in the in the movie from the movie from uh you know with him and I guess him and Apollo the uh what's it yeah Marcus or whatever the fuck it is and I and I said to Jess I said I want to get a picture of us you know with the fucking painting and we should have did it when we first fucking got there because as we were eating, the place just was getting fucking crowded and like crowds of people were coming in. I'm like, fuck. And my back was facing. I kept saying to Jess, can we still get back there? She's like, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, no. I'm like, fuck. Oh. Yeah. Well, we were, but you know what? It gives you a reason to go back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when I, you know, I made the reservations online and they called me, um, yesterday morning to confirm and uh, the lady asked, she goes, you know, I'm just confirming your reservation, blah, 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 blah. She's like, is this the first time here? I'm like, yes, it is. And she goes, oh, it's a special occasion. I'm like, it's our 20th wedding anniversary. She's like, is it really? She goes, would you mind if we announce it to everybody? I'm like, no, not at all. Like, so um, <clears throat> when we order, our, we order our dessert and, uh, before they brought the dessert out, the fucking our waitress, who sang a song at one point, we got to hear her sing a song. She goes over onto the staircase, rings the bell, and she's holding our dessert and makes the announcement to the whole fucking restaurant that it's our twentieth wedding anniversary. And dude, we had like a round of I got a bigger round of applause from that than I ever did in any wrestling fucking show. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> That that had to feel good though. I mean, you you really like that was your night, dude. Yeah, dude. I'll tell you what. Like ten minutes you later, they walk back to the car. Valet <laughs> parking. I didn't even have to fucking walk. I fucking it, it was worth the twenty bucks. It was only twelve bucks. I told the fucking guy, keep it. Here you go. Fucking sat out front and let him go and park our car and fucking brought it back and fuck yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> but there was this other we couple had, there. We we had pasta for dinner tonight. Uh, dude, I'm looking at your thing right now. I just saw your picture. Yeah, yeah just a simple vegetarian, but you know, thought it was good. I like asparagus, dude. I love asparagus. It's just really um, asparagus tips, fettuccine, olive oil, garlic, and some uh, red pepper flakes. I'd, I'll be down with that. I'd eat that every yeah, fucking yeah. night, dude. We cook the garlic in, in not a lot of butter, just enough for a little bit of flavor, and we put mostly olive oil in it. And, uh, I mean, it was good, dude. Hell yeah. You didn't even really miss the meat. I think if there was mushrooms in there, you wouldn't even notice. Ooh. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what Jess had. Like, right, dude? Uh, Jess had fettuccine, but it was... um. I guess it was like a like a spinach fettuccine or something, um, within like a uh, a wine sauce with shrimp. Ooh. Yeah, she said it was fucking amazing. I'm like, well, can you compare <laughs> Figliari? She's like, no. She's like, because I've never had nothing at there like this. <clears throat> oh wow, and, and that food is top notch too. You know what I mean? So, oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. 
Dude, I'll tell you what, we uh I had the other day, like um I'm pretty sure it was Ronzoni macaroni. Uh came out with a brand new uh, here it is. Uh yeah, Ronzoni, it's called Super Greens. And it's um let me see all the fucking details here. It's with five green vegetables it's made with. Spinach, zucchini, broccoli, and um, parsley and Uh, kale. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's green. It's it's, it's fucking dark green. It's dark. (laughs) And it's made with wheat. It's wheat pasta, too. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at uh, the Walmart ad for it right now. All right, so yeah, I, I i bought a I bought a box of the spaghetti like two weeks ago. Like I'm like, all right, like I'll fucking do it, and um, you know, I'll make it up and like portion it out for lunch for a couple of days. Well, I come home from for dinner the other night, and Jess made it up for dinner. I'm like, oh fuck. And then I like was pissed. I'm like, the girls aren't going to eat this. Like they're going to be fucking bitching because they're not. They're not going to want it. So I was like fucking pissed. All ate it and really, really liked it. I, I was really good. Like I'm looking forward to like going and buying more <laughs> and fucking like I was all about it. <clears throat> now, how did you? How did you make it? How was it? You know. Served? Uh, she made it with uh, the. We're we're out of like the homemade gravy, so um, she just used a fucking jar of ragu. We made it with ragu, and uh, we did cheap cheap uh, fucking chicken patty parmesan, and oh yeah, everybody had one good. chicken patty and a plate of fucking green uh, spaghetti, and it was fucking good, dude. I'll tell you what, like I'd eat that fucking shit every day. I'm looking at it, dude, and like I, I could, I know I could whip something up with this, with like some vegetables and some like feta cheese, and do like a Mediterranean yeah. thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could do so many different things with that. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go to Walmart tomorrow and get that. <laughs> Does it say how much it is? Ah, uh, let's see. It doesn't. Was it, do you remember? Was it expensive? I was going to say, that's what I wanted to say. It was like two fifty a box, which for a fucking macaroni is expensive. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is, but sometimes you can get, um, oh, well, it's uh, $1.95. Oh, yeah, there you go, dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll have to get, I'll have to get into that. I didn't yeah, even know they made stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I I know they, they like I've had like their other they or it wasn't maybe it was another brand it was doing like the green, but it wasn't. This is like a brand new kind, so I figured I'd give it a shot. And like now, like Acme is doing like their own like fresh pasta like that, like the vegetable pasta, and we tried oh, really? that. Yeah, and we tried that, and uh, I mean, it was okay, but I thought this was a lot better. 
even the girl like the girls didn't like the the fresh one too much. They liked this this one a lot better. Oh wow. Damn. Yeah, it looks like you can get some of the Ronzoni stuff on uh on uh Amazon as well. Get the fuck out of here. I should have known. <laughs> I'm looking at like organic marinara sauce. Uh, all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean, to go with it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, you okay. don't need to go anywhere, dude. Amazon. I know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. That's so awesome. It's fucking scary. I love it, dude. Dude, you don't have to go anywhere anymore. You know what I mean? Like, there was just another uh, terrorist attack today, like, in Barcelona. Like, I, I don't want to go anywhere anymore. I'm going out into the middle of the desert to Fort Wilkinson, and that's where the hell I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, 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 I really didn't, you know what? I only saw one person post about Barcelona, and that was fucking Tony Harnell. Like, what the hell happened now? Yeah, I guess uh, people don't give a shit about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not France, I guess. That's, that's a shame, because, uh, you know, I think a significant number of people died. Really? Let's see. My wife was telling me, but I tend not to listen when she talks, so I, I don't know the exact number. I I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, thirteen people dead and a hundred injured. Oh man, a hundred injured. Thirteen people. Yeah, that should be. I mean, that should have been a big deal. The police have killed five suspects, and I think there's one still on the run. Oh man. Damn. That's it. You're welcome to come out to the desert with me, babe. <laughs> Forget it. When the shit hits the fan, pack up the family, and I'll give you GPS coordinates. <laughs> I'm actually uh, I'm going this weekend to uh, to up and look at uh, 36 acres. That's a fucking lot of land, dude. It really is, and I'm going to put the house like right in the middle so that I'm as far away from other people as possible. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, like I, dude, I would build a fucking moat. Oh, definitely. Well, well, one of the things that I'm having a problem with is finding land that meets the height requirements that I want. Um. I want to build a wall around the house, not but close to the house. I want to spread out and have some, ex, you know, some land for myself. But I want to use 40-foot telephone poles and bury them five feet into the ground, and like a like an old western fort. You know what I mean? Like right. I I want 35-foot walls that you you have to climb to get over. You know what I mean? And a lot of places they don't want you to build that high. But uh, I, I found a place now that's really 
out in the middle of nowhere, and it's got its own water. It's got millions yeah. of gallons underwater. Really? So you can just dig a well, and you're good to go, man. So, You know, actually, uh, something I wanted to talk to you last week about was um, – uh, and it was – actually, even fucking TMZ was reporting about it. It was the whole um, bomb shelter thing, like the how, how there was like a big – Fucking thing of like a lot of bomb. There was more bomb shelters sold like two weeks ago in a one week span than there was in like the previous fucking like couple of years. Yeah, that's. I'm not 100 percent sure a bomb shelter is going to help us at this point. You know what? I, I that's that was my whole fucking thing. Like, it, it, there's, it's kind of scary. Like a scary thought. Like I was really. I was getting more scared reading about it now at 47 than when I was when I was 14. And like when all you heard was in the 80s was the talk of nuclear war between us and Russia. Like reading that, I was just like, what the fuck? Like if it happens, yeah, like are you going to be stuck underground? Like for a, that's it. Like then you're stuck underground. Like which do you prefer to do? Like, be stuck underground, not knowing if you can come the fuck out. Like, well, and that's the thing. Like a lot of these bomb shelters, it's cool, I guess, that you want to be protected from the blast. But the blast isn't what's going to kill a majority of people. Radiation is going to kill a large lot of people. And I right. have serious doubts that these things are going to be airtight. And right. I, honestly, I think I'd rather get blown up in the initial blast. Yeah. I'd rather it happen instantly than over six months of agonizing cancer. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, I, dude, I'm like, I, I was literally sitting there thinking to myself, like, I, I want to just gather my, my wife and children and literally just hold them in, in the moment and just what happens is going to happen. Like, fucking scary. Well, dude, I'm telling you, where I'm looking at is halfway between Vegas and Phoenix, so it's as far away from the each city as you can be. <laughs> yeah, that was something somebody I saw somebody said, too. Fucking move away from all the major cities. It's, especially a city like Vegas, which has a huge tourism population. It's very tightly condensed. And kind of in the middle of nowhere, so you can, you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot. Right. I, I'd be there's an NFL team coming, so it's going to get even bigger. Like, yep. yeah, nah. I think like, like I could never live there. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's crazy. Now it's funny that you brought up that story though about the. Uh, about the cruise because I was going to tell you that we're starting to plan our vacation for next year. And uh, we decided that, you know, that Rebecca's turning 16, so we want to do something a little bit uh, more extravagant, you know what I mean? Like something just to have fun. Her grandma's not going to be around forever, so we got to get out there and, you know, make some memories. And uh, we're talking about taking another cruise. Now, I think this is going to fuck you up, dude. Like, 
this time they don't want to take a cruise on a cruise ship. They want to book passage on like like a transatlantic. You, you know what I mean? Like a, a vessel, like <laughs> that, that, that's carrying cargo and has crew members and shit like that. I don't know if you know this or not, but any of them big boats that are going from country to country, they have a limited number of, like, extra bedrooms, and they do rent them out, and you eat your dinners with the staff and the captain and stuff, and there's free snacks and stuff like that, but there's not a whole lot to do other than hang out and look at the ocean. Um, But they want to take, like, a freighter, like the fucking Titanic, but without all the fancy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and they want to go, like, they were talking about, like, 42 days to go to around half the world, where you, like, fuck 18 that. different countries. Fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. <laughs> You're talking about being at sea without seeing land for, like, a week. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, I was trying to fucking, uh... Wrap my head around two hours on a river. And you're like, well, I can swim to shore. It's just a river. I <laughs> oh man! Hell yeah, dude! They like they want like I, I imagine us being like in a little cabin on like the deadliest catch ship. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like rocking back and forth with the big ass waves. Yeah, dude. No. Uh-uh. It is, no- I mean, from a price standpoint, it is kind of uh, way cheaper because you get it's basically your your hotel, your boat ride, your food. You know what I mean? Like everything is included. But at the same time, it's, I mean, that's crazy. Like, and, and like, this, oh, my God, babe, fucking, this boat takes a trip down around, like, the the bottom point of Africa where, like, like there's still legitimate pirates out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> Fuck that. That's what I was saying. I was like, no, like, but no. There's go to Australia. Like, like, not, you have not said one thing that sounds enjoyable at all about any of that. <laughs> you don't like the idea well, see, yeah, I do like the idea of being able to see multiple countries at once, you know, in one time, but I, I don't like the idea of going to multiple countries. <laughs> I mean, dude, that sounds like when you get on the boat, they're going to hand you an oar. Right, right. You get a life vest and an oar. That's it. Right. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. You tie yourself to something. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's too funny, man. <laughs> well, we were also talking, and I kind of like this idea. We were talking about maybe going to England, but not to London. To, like... Like, I was thinking it might be cool to spend a weekend at, like, like one of those, like, stone houses where it has, like, the moss on the roof and a big stone fireplace. You know what I mean? Like, it's just in the middle of nowhere, kind of 
just chilling, like, old spring a couple bottles of rum, and I'll be right at home. I don't even think you need to bring the rum. I'm sure they got plenty there. That's true. <laughs> but, see, that's more my style. Like, I just want to go somewhere and relax. I don't want to fucking... They were talking about going to Costa Rica, and they're like, you can climb up a volcano. And I was like, who the hell wants to do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I... Have you ever seen Joe versus the volcano? It didn't work out for Joe. Like, <laughs> oh man! But like, you don't understand. You could go on like a zip line through the rainforest, and there's monkeys all around you swinging. And I was like, that's that's how people get Ebola. Like, <laughs> no. If you want to say you could sit on the beach and get drunk, I'm good with that. Now, you said it's about ziplining. Like, a buddy of mine, a couple buddies of mine, took their kids ziplining together a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, they shared the pictures out on Facebook and all. And I was just like, you know what? Like, that's something, like, I would always, like, I would do if I was 150 pounds lighter. Like, it's something, like, I can't do because of my weight. And that kind of, like, fucking bums me out. I've been ziplining, and it's, like, I, I don't know. It takes a lot of balls to step off of that platform and and let it just swing you. You know what I mean? Right. It's that first step that is where all the bravery is. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> once you're going, there ain't shit you can do about it. You're like, but it's taking that step. You have to have a guy behind you that just kind of nudges you off. Oh, man. You know, All right. So, okay, you said that you would do that if you were skinnier. So let me tell you what I would do if I was skinnier. We We went to Lake Havasu, dude, and they had this, like, platform out in the lake that had, like, it had, like, a slide and a swing, and it had this giant, like, inflatable thing where one of you sat down on one end and then you climbed up, like, 40 feet in the air and you jumped off and you hit the other end and it launches the person up into the air and into the water. And if I wasn't afraid of just making a little kid take orbit, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like... I would have been up there so fast because I've always wanted to do that, like be out on a lake and just having like fun-ass water sports and, you know what I mean, like uh, wave riders and shit like that, but I'm just too fat to climb up there. Could you imagine the terror in that in a 12-year-old's face seeing me jump off? It would be funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I mean, like, I've never driven a jet ski. That's, like, on my list. Now, Jess did that last year. Like, um, when really? we, do, we do our, like, summer family vacation at the end of the August each year. And, like, two years ago, her and my one cousin, my cousin Booby's husband, uh, Mo, um, two years ago, they uh, they went parasailing. It's called parasailing? Oh, yeah. Up in the air on the fucking like thing, um, they did that. So then, last year they went jet skiing. So now this year I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're 
trying to figure out what they're going to do this year, Miss the the death defiers. <clears throat> but she was like, she was trying to get me. She's like, come on, uh, let's go jet skiing. Like I'll drive. I'm like, I don't like being in the fucking car with you when you're driving. You think I'm going to get in the water and let you steer me around? You're out of your fucking mind. Right on a water motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> And I'll tell you, my little brother, he just took his uh, 13-year-old son. They went to an indoor skydiving place, and he said that that was really cool. Like, you don't jump out of a plane for that. You climb into this room, and it's just like a big fan that pushes you up. That sounds weird. (laughs) Yeah, like you put on the gear and you got your like you know headphones on and your goggles and stuff and you're up there like you spread your arms and you can move from left to right and go higher and lower because it's a it's a really you know it has to be of course a really strong fan. Turns off you only fall like a foot. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would do that because that's not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, jumping out of an airplane, like, it's something I would kind of, like, I, I kind of would do. Like, yeah, kind of, not. yeah, I would want to try that. And then at times, like, nah, I've, like, came to my senses. Well, yeah, I mean, there's things that I, you, I would want to try if I had, like, no fear of death. You know what I mean? Like, I see YouTube videos of these dudes that jump out of planes, and they don't even have parachutes. They have, like, these rubber suits with wings. And they're just, like, gliding, like flying squirrels. And they're going around corners and up and down over mountains and stuff. And I was like, I bet you that's awesome if I wasn't afraid to crash into a mountain. Yeah, exactly. Or just, like... You know, being that one out of a thousand or however many it is that can fails. Yeah. That's that's crazy shit. Like, <clears throat> but I do, I mean, honestly, like, I would, I would totally do that if I was, well, that's why kids get away with it because they don't have that fear of, like, shit, what's my family going to do? Shit, how am I going to pay the bills if I break both my legs? You know what I mean? Like, they're fearless because they don't have anything holding them back. Right. I'll tell you this. God forbid something ever happened to my family. I would do everything that could cause you to die. Like, I would, uh, yeah, jump out of helicopters, all kinds of shit. What about if, um, God forbid, you were told you had, you know, like an illness and you have, you know, six months to live? Definitely like to travel, but I don't know that I would do like super crazy stuff. I think I would just like to see as many places as possible and not like. I'm not talking about going to like London or or you know the big city or some shit like that. Like I really I want to go to like Tahiti, you know you know what I mean. Like I want to stay in one of those uh, 
cabins that's on like stilts and there's like three feet of water underneath you and it's all blue. You know what I mean? Like I, I like places where you can go to relax. I would like to go to Atlantis in the Bahamas. That's always been sort of a dream of mine. That would be cool. I, I like the the like the water, the blue water up there, the, up on stilts. That like my my cousin Mo, again, Mo. He he's actually Egyptian, and uh, every year in July he goes back to Egypt to visit his uh, his mom, and uh, I think he's got like a brother and sister there still. And uh, the pictures, dude. Like as a matter of fact, that's. We were going, uh, we were meeting up with my cousin Booby a lot, like w- with the whole Whiskey Tango thing, because she literally lives like half a block from there. So we were go- meeting up there, and she was showing us the pictures. He was over there at that time. And the water is just so fucking beautiful. And he was even saying, like, he was, you know, you would go in the water, and you just, he, like, he was taking pictures as he was standing in the water. I mean, you can see right through the fucking water to the sand and your feet. It's amazing, dude. It's just fucking, you would never see nothing like that here in the United States. Yeah. That, see, that's the kind of stuff that I'd like to do. There's a place in Arizona here. It's a 12-mile hike down, and then it's a 12-mile hike back up. But you can go down and camp, and there's like a waterfall with crystal blue water. And I want to go there so bad, but... How the hell am I going to make 12 miles? You know what I mean? Like, I went up, I went up four flights of stairs today to go get my blood drawn, and I was, you know what I mean, blown up. No, I, I do. I, I, just, I, I get it. I get totally get it. I that's, I would, I, I would do so. I would also eat everything if I only had six months. <laughs> like, forget it, dude. Like. You know, I don't think I'd make it six months because of my diabetes. <laughs> like, that's oh, no way. But I, that's what, I mean, I want to see beautiful play. Like, I'd love to see the Taj Mahal in India if I'm dying. You know what I mean? Right. Wow. Some, some just beautiful places. Like, but I like that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I like eating food in different countries that they eat. I like kind of exploring the world a little bit. Like, I love the Discovery Channel because I can do all that without leaving my couch. <laughs> yeah. Wingsuit oh, flying. Yeah, so I, I shared that video with you, and this is one of them dudes in, like, those just rubber wingsuits. And it looks like it's, like, New York City that they're flying through. Just with these, like, rubber wings. Holy fuck, it does look like New York City. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like a city, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Today, though, but, like, if I was seriously dying, if they were like, there was no way you were going to live, you know what I'm saying? Like, none whatsoever, like... I think I would like to be launched into outer space. Dude, how the fuck do you train to learn how to fly these fucking things? <laughs> right? Like, cause if you don't succeed, you die. <laughs> like, yeah. 
But isn't it? I mean, it's kind of amazing, though, too, isn't it? it it's like they're in a sleeping bag. Because see, there's this guy called the Amazing Ring Guy, and he does these crazy things with this giant metal ring. I'd like to go see him live. That I think that would be really cool. I'm amazed by like humans that can do seemingly impossible things. You know what I mean? Right. Now this is probably like fucking Dubai or something. Probably. Actually, the water's too fucking dark to be Dubai. <laughs> So I sent you a second one to watch whenever, but that one is the highest jump jump world record where the guy jumped from outer space. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that one. That's (laughs) badass. That's like balls of steel. Crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, like... Yep, I'm up in space, and I'm just going to free fall. Like, how many fucking... 127,000 feet. He's so high up that you can tell the world is round from where he is. <laughs> right, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that fucker's not flat. No, if you look out his windows, you can clearly see it. It's a circle. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, it looks yeah. like he's jumping into a giant plate. Like, <laughs> oh, now, man. how does this guy get, like, how, how does he get, oh, like, paid for it? To do this? Yeah, well, Red Bull fucking did. Yeah, I was going to say Red Bull and Zenith must have paid for it because they're the two yeah. logos, I see. But he went up there, he only had, like, so much oxygen he, he, to get back down with. Right. Because he was so high up that you couldn't breathe on your own. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it is amazing fuck fucking thing to watch. 128,000. He's still going up slowly. It looks That's like he's nuts, standing dude. still and it's still fucking rising. He's so high up you can't tell that it's still rising because... You're so far away. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, is he going to go? Greg, you just plummets. Holy hell. Here he goes. That that to me is crazy, dude. In the movies, that's when fucking spaceships are on fire on the outside. Right. (laughs) And I I love how they show him, like, falling through the air. He's just like this white dot. (laughs) Like, do you close your eyes? Another show where we just watch YouTube videos together. (laughs) 500 and... He's fucking... 600 miles an hour he's going. Holy shit. He's so high up, there has to be a room of NASA people helping him back down. Like, <laughs> 700 miles going, an hour. He's going, like, twisting and turning. He's not even going straight. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
that fall is so long that you have time to regret it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, now he's just fucking twirling and free falling like crazy. I wonder if he like vomited on himself or fucking poop, poop like fucking shit or pissed himself or. I wonder, I mean, it must be like the nasty, you must have to take like those tests where they spin you around and shit, like get used to the oh, yeah. force. You know what I mean? Because there's no way, like that, like this dude came as close to coming from outer space as you can. And but I think that's what I would do, dude. I, I would like to be launched into outer space in my own little pod and just like die in outer space, go as far as I possibly can before I die. It's fucking amazing. Two minutes and he's still falling. Holy shit. He's got six minutes of oxygen left and he's just barreling. And you know when that parachute hits, it's gotta hurt. Oof. All right, I got to speed up this fucking process. Let me see here. <laughs> Look a white dot. Oh, he's out of space now. The, the sky is actually light blue. That's crazy. Is he going to land in the ocean? No. And he lands on land, too. <clears throat> Can you imagine turning around and saying to, like, your family, I'm going to go fly up to space and jump out? Right, right. Red Bull gave me money to do this great thing. Like, <laughs> Yo, and he landed. Like, he didn't even touch his ass. He just walked when he landed. Yeah. Super soft I mean, landing. Everybody that knows this dude, like, this dude is just like, what did you do, bitch? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, what is he doing now? Like, where is he now? I mean, this was five years ago. Let's see. Felix Baumgartner. That's crazy, man. That's, holy shit. He's like, bye, today I go into outer space. Yeah. The world's fastest man. Okay, like, all right, well, let's see. Oh, he's a race car driver. Yeah. Wait, does it? From a, from a helium balloon in the stratosphere. Like, what the fuck? He works for Audi Motorsport, huh? Uh, I should email him. Hell yeah, dude. That would, I, that would be really awesome, actually. That would be fucking wild. You know, he was arrested, he was arrested in 2012 because a drunk driver in Greece got in his face and he smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what 
we we like, want to congratulate you more on that than than fucking right, jumping right. from the <laughs> Oh man, so funny. He's uh, he dated somebody from Playboy Germany, but now he's uh, dating Miss Lower Australia. Oh, lower from the bad end of town. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Flying Magazine ranked him in the 51 Heroes of Aviation, the youngest living person on the list. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Damn. I remember not, uh, it was a while ago, but there was a Russian dude who died. Trying to do a high altitude jump like that. Wow. I don't think it was up as high as this guy was. But yeah, it was. I think he had he had some sort of experimental suit and it went wrong. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Well. Oh, wow, it says that his uh, helmet, when he jumped out, his his suit hit part of the gondola as he was exiting, and his suit depressurized and killing him instantly. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, he he jumped out and then was was dead the whole way down. Which means he didn't get the pull, the, the cord, you know what I mean? Like... Rough. Of... Did you see the movie Life? Yeah, yeah, with uh, Michael Keaton. Yes. Are you talking about no. the new one with the no. with the spaceship or the old the one with ones. Michael Keaton? Yeah, no, oh, no, 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 I haven't no seen that one. Dude, check it out. Really? Yeah, like it starts out real slow. Like I was like, "What the fuck? Like, why are we watching this?" And then it just like kicked <laughs> in, and I was sucked in. Yeah, it's a fucked up movie, dude. Who was in that movie? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds. Okay, yeah, yeah. I heard somebody making making fun of it. They were like, "Don't go see it if you're a Ryan Reynolds fan." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's not the one with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, is it? No, no. I wouldn't they're do having this. They're having this contest where you can uh, win a weekend trip to a vineyard and have a picnic with Jennifer Lawrence. I want to win so bad. <laughs> is that is that why I saw her, like, doing some fucking video, drinking a glass of wine or something? Yeah, yeah, it's like win a picnic with her. Like, I can make her cry. <laughs> like, oh, man. Dude, I look at That's her and I think to myself, like, what what kind of pictures are on your phone now? Yeah, I, I just, she called that a sex crime. Like, I'm sure every woman that's actually been a victim of a sex crime would disagree. Yeah. 
save it for next week, but next week, dude, I want to talk to you about Christopher Maloney and his shitty decision-making when it comes to picking TV shows. Well, uh, we're we're off until so September 7th. Yeah, damn. All right, well, I'm going to just email you then. <laughs> I'll send you the link to his crappy new show where he's like a drunk detective with an animated guy next to him. Why don't he just fucking grow up and go back to SVU? Every show he's had has pretty much, you know what I mean, been crap. It has been. Go back to fucking SVU, suck it up, and it would recharge that fucking series and be on for another fucking ten years. That is true. Dude, I read today on the TV line that not all of the cast of Chicago Fire is coming back. Yeah, like, did Casey get killed off? Like, what the fuck's going on? They're not, they haven't said who yet, but they said that there's multiple people leaving. And what's the name got canceled? That the new one they did this year, was it Chicago Legal or whatever the fuck it was? So. Oh, yeah. Now. Well, Antonio's going back to PD. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, and the fuck guy that was the main guy, he's going to be on SVU now. Yes. I saw that. I hated That's that guy. Cool though. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it, it sucks because I hated him on the show, but he was in this other show where he was a total badass, and I was really hoping that that's what he was going to do with that, but he ended up just being like a stupid lawyer. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like, uh, I just didn't like his whole thing. And I guess the other girl is staying now that uh, Sophia Bush left. You're going to see the girl that came in towards the end of the season? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so she'll be like a regular now since they don't have any real girls on the team. All them shows had fucking major blows to to their cast. I know. But... Everybody wants to be on TV now. You know what I mean? Everybody wants their own show. Everybody wants to do something special. So anybody that gets a little bit of fame is trying to take off. You know what I mean? Right. You saw uh, one of the shows you watched, uh, Grey's Anatomy, had to recast uh, one of the guy's sisters or something like that. Uh, This is insanity. This whole fucking statue shit. Oh yeah, there, there was some shit in Arizona today where they tore some stuff down. I, I don't, I don't care about that. They just like, fucking breaking news on Fox uh, twenty nine here in Philly. Somebody defaced the fucking Rizzo statue. They spray painted all over it. And they just think that because they're right, they have the authority to fucking break the law. Right. Yeah, but okay. So Megan Hunt uh, Owens' sister on Grey's Anatomy. You know who that is? Uh, yeah. Get she. Uh, they thought she was dead, and they discovered she was still she's still alive. And that was like how the season kind of ended. And they're they they're replacing her with a new actress. <laughs> 
That's funny. Yes. It's just going to get bad if, if if people keep defacing these things with no consequences. People are going to start getting pissed. You know what I mean? Like, and then I mean, it's going to be out, get out of control. It's yeah. It fucking was a martial law, or is just fucking ready to break. <clears throat> um, oh, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, there's so much stuff I want to talk to you about. Um. Uh-huh. The whole fucking Chandra, fucking what's her name? Um, the writer. Uh, that, that oh, Sh- Chandra Rhymes going to Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I wanted to talk to you and Kristen about that. I, I was like, that. Yeah, I think that's going to be a fucking such a huge blow for ABC, and I think network television in general. I think that's going to like really possibly put a nail in the fucking like network television and open the fucking floodgates for uh, like I think really think Netflix is going to be the number one like network well and it's interesting because Netflix doesn't play by anybody else's rules like they don't announce their ratings they don't let you know how many people are watching what they just tell you what's popular you know what right. I mean like <laughs> like you, you you have no say over it. And they have so many different shows that are also produced in so many other different countries. You know what I mean? Like, that they have anything you like, you can find on Netflix. But ABC, you know, they're, they're struggling right now. They're, they're really trying to find their way and... It's not going to happen, I, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like, they're trying to do a Grey's Anatomy spinoff with firefighters. Like, Chicago PD yeah. already beat you to it. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Right. Right. Still, Starcross didn't did, didn't work out, but uh, that may be ABC's fault, too. And for her to leave, that's huge, man. <clears throat> yeah, big time. And Will Smith is doing movies directly for Netflix. They signed Adam Sandler to like a six picture deal. All co- I think Robert De Niro has a Netflix movie coming out. That's a and, lot of fucking coin they're spending. And I, I think he, I, it was something like he, a two billion dollar loan that the guy from Netflix got to really start pushing their movie division and TV division into like the, the new millennium. You know what I mean? Wow. He, they're, they're they're on a roll, man. Yeah. The only thing they don't got is Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's that's the one thing keeping cable alive. And it's confusing to me because I saw last week that last week's episode of Game of Thrones was the highest rated episode of the whole entire series, right? So that means more people watched that episode than have watched previous episodes. Who the fuck is starting it like season five? You know what I mean? Like that—that's weird. It wasn't like last week's episode, like our leaked episode or something online early or something, and it still like fucking had these. They leaked early, and then it still got the highest ratings of the whole season until the next week where that beat it. 
so they're thinking that this week is probably going to beat it as well since it, there's very limited episodes this year, and I think this might be the last one. But you're talking, I mean, you're talking about numbers that, like, like HBO is, like, redefining the amount of people that want to watch cable TV. You know what I mean? Right. It's It's an unheard of number of people that are that are tuning into these things it's uh, i'm trying to pull up the numbers here for the last episode east watch and it's i mean i mean it's ridiculous dude i'm I, i'm trying to remember offhand but i think it's, it's somewhere in like the 12 to 14 million people are watching it like yeah that that's that's nuts that's Yeah, hopefully I can start catching up on some stuff over the next few weeks. Yeah, you don't even watch that one, do you? No. Yeah. No, I, I, dude, I'll tell you a, a couple of shows I've been watching um, that are really good. I fell asleep on last night's episode, and I got to go back and watch. Is that fucking uh, show Sinner with Beale, which I think that is going to, like, fucking propel her career to where she's not playing – like in whatever role she usually has, she plays the pretty face with the great ass, and right. now she's playing like that uh, Charlene uh, Theron uh, monster role, where they're not showing her all made up, and she's a fucking uh, killer, and um, you know she's in fucking jail now, most. Of them. I saw <clears throat> the first episode. I haven't seen anything since then. But, uh, it's gotten a lot better. It started really slow. It wasn't holding my attention until last week. It really started like holding my attention. And last night's episode was really good. I fell asleep on it. I probably missed like the last twenty minutes of it. So I'll probably go back I mean, in a week. That knife scene was brutal, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she destroyed him. Yeah. That I mean, that's pretty, I can't believe you're sleeping on dice, though, dude. That's on what? Is, is that's on Showtime? Is it? Showtime, I think. Yeah. That's I don't have Showtime. That's why. They don't. You don't get that on your uh, Dragon Box. Ooh, you know what? I didn't even think of that. Yeah. See. I gotta. I gotta. It's look already that up. in its second season, man, and it's. It's hilarious because he's older and kind of depressing. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you another show we've been watching that uh, is really fucking good. It's a uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a reality show, a, a, a reality drama type show or docudrama type show. Um, I don't know what the fuck it's called. Where the dudes. Uh, great-grandson uh he's researching about his great-grandfather and he thinks it's jack the ripper <laughs> oh okay you're talking about uh, american ripper right that's it yeah he thinks that father is america's first serial killer and he thinks that he was also jack the ripper right it's, it's really home from the death house yeah yeah it's really interesting and actually they um they end up here in Philly and actually right near about 10 minutes from my old house at uh Holy cross cemetery where I have some family buried uh, to dig oh, up wow. the guy. Yeah. So 
and it was actually like uh, when they premiered the season, I guess like six weeks ago, um, the fucking dude was on uh, the local news here. You know, they were doing like a little fucking promo for like play up for it. But, uh, you know, they were showing them dig up the fucking grave and shit. But um, in the series so far, it hasn't gotten to that point yet. Like there was last night it ended with um, or two nights ago. Um, they were wherever the fuck they were. They've been bebopping around the fucking world, uh, back and forth between like Chicago and London, and they were in a front yard somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where, but uh, they were starting to dig it up, and because they, they thought like he had stashed some body parts in this fucking area, and uh, they were digging it up, and they were starting to discover pieces of bone, and that's how it oh, ended. Man. Yeah, it fucking. It's really uh, interesting. I mean, they're fucking. I, I can't wait for them when they end up here in Philly and they fucking dig up this fucking guy's grave. I'm gonna have to catch up on that. I saw the first two episodes. The, the thing that irks me with that fucking show is they dilly dally around for the first forty five minutes, and then it kicks in the high gear in the last fifteen minutes, and then it's over, and it leaves you fucking hanging for the next week. You're right. They know what they're doing. You know what oh, I mean? Totally. Like they they totally. got you now. Exactly. Exactly. It fucking pisses me off every week. But you know what? That channel's been having a lot of shows that are sort of like that. Like they had this one that was about like cowboys in the old west and it was sort of a documentary and then it also yeah. had like these dramatic parts. They did one with like gladiators. They do a, a couple different ones and they're usually pretty cool. Dude, I'll tell you what, if I, it, like, my two favorite channels are fucking um, History and A&A. Like, they're like my two go-to channels. I check them first to see what's on, and then if there's nothing on them, either one of them, like, then I'm searching around to see what's on elsewhere. Okay. Now, I watch A&E, too. So... Let's see if any of the programs that I watch on A and E you watch. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. Do you watch the Frankenstein Chronicles? I don't even know what the fuck that is. You don't even know what that is, right? Yeah. See, that's. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, that's it. That's, I'm not even going to name any more. <laughs> oh, man. Like, what shows are there? Like, wait a minute now. Like, now I'm... Like, I'm on their fucking show page. Live PD. We watch... I know we no. watch... My wife watches Live PD all the time. Really? Um, and Leah Remney, the Scientology thing. That debuted the other night. Fuck. <laughs> She's she uh, that she the the best career choice she ever could have made was going against Scientology because it, did you see uh, it ended this week where like each week it ends with her and her fucking partner in crime over there like in a car discussing things and they're fucking driving down the road and she comes out and just says this is now my life mission is to take them down like she's, <laughs> you know what I mean like she's fucking set for life now. Oh, that's crazy, dude. That's where they take like badass kids and put them in the prison. Oh no, no. 
they show that one a lot uh, in reruns and stuff like that. Wahlberg. I used to watch Wahlberg. I haven't watched it in actually a couple seasons. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Hoarders. I'll watch that like from time to time. That was uh, the channel that Steven Seagal's show was on as well, Lawman. Yeah, yeah. Story and of course, my my daughter loves like paranormal cops, paranormal state, anything with the word ghost in it. So fucking shows. About dude, the other night, uh, and I don't usually watch this show. Uh, Intervention, flipping the channel, or it was on the other night, and uh, fucking dude was addicted to drinking Purell. Oh, oh! Like it was so insane watching it. Like I, I couldn't understand it. Like I just could yeah. not understand. And the like, he, he was an alcoholic, and he had switched up from fucking drinking booze to drinking Purell. Oh, that's so foul. Uh, very. He would drink Purell and and. Fucking uh, wash it down with water. I can't like that can't be good for your stomach. No, and even he said I have no idea what it's doing to me. What a fucking idiot! Totally, like dude, he fucking uh, destroyed his fucking life, like. His fucking wife left him. He's living back with his mother now. He, they were showing him like, you know, they try to they try to fucking keep this shit away from him. And he's fucking sneaks it in the house, and you know he's fucking just a loser, fucking drinking Perel. Just fucked up. Like, I watch these shows and I just like, can't these people like fucking realize like how fucked up they are? That's oh, damn. But that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess they don't. You know what no. I mean? Like, me and you, we think that, like, you would be like, oh, I'm drinking Purell. I must be crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but they don't. They're like, it's not that bad. I'll stop next time. You know what I mean? Right, right. I don't know. Fuck that world around, dude. Oh, but dude. anything, dude, um, Saints Motel. No. Really? Yeah. We we watch the same channels and and very different shows. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh man, we gotta be going off the air soon, huh? Uh, it it'll kick us off in twenty minutes, but I, I'm going to kick us off now because I I I need to get the fucking bed and I need to be up. And I was telling Jess like she's ready to fucking kill me. I've been just going nonstop. I got to be down in Delaware. I want to be in Delaware for like 8 a.m. tomorrow, bang out my work in Delaware. Then I got to get to the police meeting because I have to do a, a – supposedly I have a customer coming in to pick up a car tomorrow, so I got to do that delivery. I don't know what time. I haven't heard from them because the fucking lady was in Florida all week, and she's coming back tomorrow morning, I think, or tonight. Or Then I got this fucking interview at 2. And <clears throat> yeah. Damn. Then I gotta finish up the fucking well, that's magazine. Cool, dude. I mean, 
we've been fucking sitting here talking like we're not on the air. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just... <laughs> and there's so much more I wanted to talk to you about. Dude, like, fucking, um, I talked to Mike Jewett the other day. I had a really interesting conversation with him. And uh, it, it's funny, like, we were talking about stuff and all. And he, he, God bless him. He comes right out and said, he goes, you know, we're, we're both kind of like on the same page. And I'm trying to sound like my Joe now. Yeah, he's very like uh, low key, not low key, but like very calm, you know, very, very calm voice. And he's like, you know, we're, we're both kind of like on the same page and we're, we're doing all this work and we're trying to make two things, make a go at it. And, you know, we really got to start working together and we got to come up with something you know, bottom line, we need to make money. I'm like, Ollie, fucking Louie, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, but it's uh, that's the thing, though. Like, everything that we do is, is as like entertainers, it costs money to do. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to make a graphic novel, you better have two thousand dollars. If you want right. to make a movie, you better have at least. You know, twenty thousand dollars. It's that's the thing that gets us. That's where a lot of us are stuck at right now. Is just if we had a little bit more money, we could get shit rolling. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's you just I keep pushing forward. That's it. He had a really interesting idea, though. Um, I don't want to say it out loud, but um, at first it was like this. I'm going to type it to you. But he said, you know, exactly what you said. Like, you, you need money to really start it and get it off. He's like, so there's a way to do it. He's like, and we can do it this way. Now, I'll tell you who you need to talk to. I don't know if you've ever had any uh, convert. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. You pay one price to just, yeah. Right. And and the people, he's like, the people viewing it to do it the second way are just the judges. So he's like, so we put a judge panel together and, you know, put it together. and Interesting. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I was like, damn, now, fucking, I love that. I don't know if you ever talked to Chris from Trash City Beat, but she puts on a. Let me tell you. She puts on a something, and and yeah. Okay. She's had a lot of success with it, and then probably knows. You know, some tricks and some money making or saving ideas. And, you know yeah, what I mean? I, I, you know I, what I always, you know, always thought would be a cool idea is like to buy one of those. I had the money to buy one of those cheap ass dollar theaters and turn it into like a gimmick theater where like they did like old school smell of vision and buzzers right. in your seats and, and watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think hipsters would eat that shit up. But a lot of them places now that are still in existence that were those cheap theaters, I mean, to do something like that, they're a fucking lot of money to rent one of them fucking places out. Yeah. And then to renovate and, yeah. Right. Right. 
But I wonder if you could get like, because we live in a day and age where, what I just typed to you is a thing. So like, you don't need any more. Like you, you can do a lot with just. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I wonder if you could get into like a church or any place that would be like a decent venue that has just the capabilities and then you just rent what you need. Right. You know what I mean? Or hell, I mean, they're not that expensive. So you could, you know, theoretically buy one. Right. And he he really, um like we talked about, like the whole website and all, and he really explained like how they do things over there. Um where you know the guy that actually owns the site, like I had, like I, I really thought he was completely out of the picture, and it was more or less just Mike doing everything, and the guy really had nothing to do with it. And the the guy, the way it works is, um, you know, Mike runs the site, and Mike does like a good portion of the updates. And he said what he does is like when he has um, uh, writers that come on that starts showing that they're they're dedicated and they're really on board and all. He'll he'll gives them like their own log on and lets them, you know, put their right. own updates up and all. Um he said but the other guy, the main the owner of the, the site, what he does is he goes in and edits like all the um SEO behind, you know what I mean, for each post and that's what he right. and driving all that like that's his forte and I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. Then so Mike's putting the post online, that guy's doing that thing. So then I'm like, all right, I wonder if Nick would want to do that. <laughs> because I have no idea how to do that shit. Well, it, it gets rough, though, you know what I mean? Because how do I – like, you remember we tried to to have a staff log. And, just and they never did. did shit. Yeah, I mean, the big, our big problem wasn't being able to do it. It was finding people that want to do it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. You, every time you put up a post, you get 30 people that say, oh, yeah, count on me. And nobody produces anything. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that, this, that's why I'll tell you, like, this fucking dude, Dallas, that was, I mean, we, we had a conference call the other night, I, I, I told you, and, um, Everybody was from the from the thing was on pretty much from the network was on, um, and they're all on board like you know with their fucking shows and all that shit. And they probably, um, they probably think I'm a straight up asshole, dude. <laughs> you know what? Nate, your name was not even mentioned at all. Like it was just I I, I kind of like laid things out like here's where we are. This is the shit that's going on. It's it's too fucking much now, and I need help. And you know, I, I I'm turning the reins of the station over to fucking Dallas and letting him fucking do it and run with things. And you know, if there's something right. needs done, go to him. Like, don't come to me no more for it. Like, it, it, this is fucking Dallas, and Dallas is gonna fucking be on your ass. And he is. Like, he has no fucking shame in fucking saying anything to anybody. And he told them, he's like, this is the the way it is. And everybody is, and again, I don't want to say that now, but, um, and he told them, 
You know, this is the way it is. You right. do that now. And if not, then, then sorry, you, know, you can go do that somewhere else then. <laughs> right. And, and I think it's fair, especially because um, you're not asking for a whole lot in return. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see, but, um, and his group, like, his little crew he's got with him, like, the fucking one dude, I mean, he's got the one guy, he just writes. He pumps out two fucking major football articles a week, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to fucking turn him, I got to give him a log on and let him, like, handle his own thing now, like, take that off my plate, save me those couple minutes a day. Or a couple times right, a week. Right, right. And that take care was, of all the world. Yeah. And what you just said there was another thing. We uh, we put together like uh, a fucking guideline thing. I have to find it, send it over to you. And uh, we we went through the fucking guidelines with everybody. Like this is the way it is. And you have a fucking show. You're going to promote your show, and you're going to push your fucking show. Like, this is the way it's got to be. Like, there, there's no more fucking fucking around. Like, this is it. We're doing this. And it's a business now. And we're going to run it like a fucking business. And get on board or get out. Right. So. I think, it, I think it's a good idea, man. I think it'll add, you know what I mean? Like, some much needed structure for some people. Yeah. And I reached out to uh, to Jamie yesterday. Yeah, I told her, I'm going to just apologize. I said, look, it's, there's so much going on right now, and uh, I'm trying to get this fucking magazine done and out. Let me get this done and out, and I'll talk to you, like, early to mid next week. And I said, you know, I had some ideas in my head, and you had some ideas in your head, and we were running them past each other. So I said, I want to, you know, get this magazine done. I said, I want to put something together with Nick, and, you know, I'll talk to you next week and get you fucking situated and get you on board. And she was like, oh, please, yes, yes, no problem, you know, when, when you're ready, and we all right. Yeah, I actually, I think I'm going to contact her tomorrow. I want, um, I think I'm just going to, I have a script for a short film that I just need somebody to polish up, and I, I think I'm just going to pay her to do it. Like, you know what I mean? You want 50 bucks? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think that would be the best. Because, you, you know what I mean? I just need, I don't need content written. I just need to do formatted right. Right. And, uh, Oh man, I, I, we, I, I wish we were in the same area, dude. I wish I could take some. I wish I could take some stuff off your plate just so I could get you to draw some more. You know what I mean? Like, oh. yeah. It's like I, I think I said it to you. Like, I, dude, I, 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 I want to do that so bad. Like, I, I'm dying. I want to fucking pick up a guitar again too. Like. I, I'm just become independently wealthy. <laughs> I, I know. Oh man, that's no, just, but I'll, I'm with you on that, dude. I, 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 and you know what, too, for me, summer is ending now, so I'll be able to pick up a lot more slack because I won't have a kid with me all day, and Kate will have a, you know, be off at her job, and I'll have finally have time alone. You know what I mean? Like, other than doing the shit that I'm doing, and I, I, I am adding some stuff to, uh, you know, to my plate with all these new books, and 
I'm, next week I'm starting to offer new letters from a Game of Thrones character. Um, oh, nice. So, and actually, I want to kind of expand it to letters from anybody. You know what I mean? Like, if you want right. George Washington to write write your wife a love note, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like. I, I want to see if maybe that'll pick up some of the business and stuff. And the books thing is actually starting to really start to roll. I think when the paperback for H's heroin comes out, is that's when it's going to really start to change. Because I know Jess has a ton of people that are interested in getting a real copy of it. Dude, and that fucking, um, uh, that event page, uh, like for the that vigil coming up in a couple weeks, I, I, I didn't even realize. I said to Jesse the other day, I'm like, I, I didn't fucking realize. Like, there's 21,000 fucking people invited in that fucking day. I know, dude. I got to get her a link so she can put it out there and be like, if anybody wants to buy the book ahead of time, you know what I mean? Like, Jess is going to have to be my partner on this, you know what I mean? Like, where she's going to be the presenter. I want to see be out there reading it. Like, I think yeah. it's going to be good, and I think it's going to do good things. You know what I mean? Like, this is good karma that we're putting out there. You know what I mean? Nobody's making any money off of it. We're just – we're getting exposure. That's true, but it's for a good cause. Right, absolutely. And I'm starting to get reviews on the, the children's books. People are starting to think that they're funny. They are. That's good. You know what I mean? Like, and they're short. Like, you don't have to worry about, you know what I mean, a 30 page. Yeah, dude, they're total my speed. Yeah, you sit on the toilet, you can bang one out in two minutes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and that was the whole point just something to make parents laugh. You know what I mean? Like, because. Some of these things, we've all been in similar situations. You know what I mean? Like, anything that happens throughout the day that's kind of just funny or effed up, I make a little note of what it was, if it could be a book. And I talked to you about that project. 365. Right. That is something that we definitely should do. Again, so much to fucking do. Yeah, but this one, you can just take, download the app, and whenever you have your... I know you're in the car for 30 minutes a day. You can do it while you're in the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the time, like, that's the best time for me to do shit like that, too. Like, where I'm just alone and... Absolutely. You can get as honest as you want because there's nobody else there. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I really think I, I think people would respond to it. Dude, I'll tell you what. Like today, um, like I was feeling okay. Um, this morning, I, I left. Um, we're gonna get cut off. I, I left the fucking dealership to go down the bills, mm-hmm. and I was running around with bills. That, to his mechanic with this fucking car and all that. And um, then we went back to the, the comic book shop and I was on the phone going back and forth with the owner of my dealership and, and going back and forth oh. with Bill and playing that whole game and trying to get everything situated. 
and I just outside on the phone in the heat, and Bill's place doesn't have AC, and I, dude, I felt so just sick, and and I, I just literally wanted to cry, like I just felt horrible, and then we had to drive back up to my dealership when he agreed to everything, and um, that was an hour ride back, and. They were at the tag place getting that, and they had a <coughs> a water um, water cooler, and I just started chugging glasses or cups of water, and I just was feeling better, but I, I was just feeling like fucking shit. And um, then I started thinking, like, now I'm fucking coughing again, and today's the first day I didn't take the fucking prednisone. Oh, wow. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. Just fucking, it makes me angry. See, that's, a, that's yes, that sucks, man. We got to somehow make Arizona and Pennsylvania closer to each other. <laughs> right. It sounds simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Look, you're coughing all over. Go to bed. All right, dude. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, until September 7th, we we will return uh, live September 7th. Uh, make sure you check out, check out Totally Driven Entertainment, Totally Driven Radio. Look for us on uh, ooh, excuse me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go to the website, TotallyDrivenEntertainment.com, TotallyDrivenRadio.com. Like us, love us, follow us, stay driven, and uh, talk to you all in September, 250th episode. Until then, see ya.